0: I'm, uh, I'm gonna dip this potato in some crushed bucket And then there's nobody who can stop me. One fried potato right, potatoes. two potatoes, three potatoes, four. Five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four. five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Welcome to the Potato Week
1: podcast with your hosts, Dan Fleming and Tom Crossman. Flawless. Yes. Flawless that time. Second time always seems to be the charm for us. TJ
2: email that to me if you're listening. <laughs>
3: um
2: Welcome to episode 209, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm I feel good about 209. A potato league podcast. We have uh, we haven't recorded in two weeks, and in that time, uh, we've both watched a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You much more so. Well, Um,
1: I've gotten into a really good flow of watching like a foreign criterion film like mm -hmm. at night as I go to
2: bed. Yep. Because you've been pretty steady two a day for the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, it's and it's very easy for me to watch a subtitled film in bed because I'm watching on my iPad, so it's closer. True. Good. And because everyone else in the house is asleep and it's dark, I don't. Because if problem with you know films that you have to read is you cannot look away from the screen. Correct. Because you're going to miss a line of dialogue.
2: And when you have young children, that's every yeah thing exactly. that you watch. There's no <laughs> way I could watch
1: a foreign film with a kid around. No way.
2: So I find
1: it's a really good way for me to get those foreign films out of the way that I've been meaning to watch.
2: Yeah, and it works. I got nothing on that, yeah. but uh, so all told, me, I've won- well, I have kept up a one a day pace. Yeah, I was pretty impressed when uh, this morning I went to check
1: out what you've seen. Which it was because I was like, "Oh, Thomas, watched this this week."
2: And Andrew was like, "You can creep what people watch."
1: Yeah, I'm like, "That's pretty much the whole. That's point That's what of the app. app is." Yeah, I'm like, I mean that
2: that's no different than you can look at other people's personal pictures. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Facebook.
1: Yeah. I was like, no, it's, it's you know, because whoever I make friends with, if, if something... I'm like, that's the whole purpose for this app is if a lot of my friends are watching a movie and liking it, it lets me know. Right. So it's a good thing to have on there. I actually quite enjoy it. Rarely ever do I just base my viewing on what my friends are watching, but every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, yeah.
2: Yeah, I... I only follow. I just follow you and TJ and Robin, and I, I know what Robin watches. Uh, that is that's another uh, uh, driving force. Also, is that uh, Robin has started watching a lot of these with me. Mm-hmm. So one of I've noticed your new tag. Yes, I have a new tag of wife watch. I wasn't sure if that was misogynistic or not. Am I just being too? Whatever the... That sounds dismissive. You're watching a movie with
1: your wife. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, I've started... It is an accurate description.
2: <laughs> you want to hear the funny part about this? Sure. On... Yeah, like you are going to say, no, I got shit to do. <laughs> no, I want to leave. I don't want to hear the story at all. Uh, I went to... I'm going to go to that tag, just so I can... Because I asked Robin when I... Because I kind of went back through and did it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it was watched them, never mind, uh, I, asked, I said, I'm going to go back through and tag all the ones that we watched together, mm-hmm. and I said, when I got done, I said, guess how many we've watched together, and this was like three nights ago, and she goes, uh, three, we watched, We had watched three in the previous three days, Yeah. I said, Robin, we've watched 14, nice, she was off by 11, in a two month span it's <laughs> yeah. like I don't know three like but we just watched three of my, we've watched three Michael Shannon movies <laughs> this week <laughs> so no it's more than maybe three. she thought that's just what you meant
1: how many Michael uh, Shannon yeah. films have we watched <laughs> oh I
2: thought you said how many Shannon movies have I know, we watched I was totally waiting for Man of Steel to pop up I know I well I, I told her last night I said well, we're gonna have to just add that to the rewatch list uh, um, I will have I will have another Michael Shannon one for, for a recommendation which one Bug. Which one is that?
1: It's an ear. It's a early two thousands Michael Friedkin film. The guy who directed The Exorcist. Um, it kind of promotes itself as a horror, but it is not. It's about a man who kind of goes all Howard Hawks while living in a motel room okay. and just starts sealing himself off from the world because he expects his off. It shares a lot of themes with Take Shelter. Yep. Um, but it's way more paranoid than Dick Shelter, uh, and actually Judd is in it. Um, I I really enjoy that. that. That's a very underrated, underseen film, and it's based on a stage play apparently. Really, it makes sense because the entire film takes place in a single hotel room.
2: Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, we the the
1: Oh, it's a shenanathon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Carries on, <laughs> the
1: uh, shenanigan carries on. There we go. There's uh, the there's the poster for the for the art house revival.
2: The one that Robin missed, the run that she didn't watch with me was Mud, and in that one he is comic relief basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone that she has seen, he is like intense, and that's what he is most of the time anyway, because that's what he's good at. Um, but it's just funny that the the ones that Robin has watched are... That's he's really a funny. huge dick in every single one he of them. He is really funny in The Night Before. Really? They, I didn't even know he was in that. He, he plays
1: their drug dealer.
2: The Seth Rogen... Yeah, uh, Anthony, Anthony Mackie, Mackie and, and Joseph gordon yeah. yeah, he's hilarious in that
1: film. I'm going to add
2: that. So, well, actually, I'll add that to... just well, shit. I don't want to add it now because it's just going to sit there until December. I can't watch it until December. No, you can watch it. Yeah? You can watch it now. Yeah. I mean, it's based around Christmas, but. but it's not a Christmas movie. Is that what you're saying? It,
1: you could just consider it as like these three <laughs> friends get together around a date. And <laughs> every year they get together on that just date. Just look at to it through
2: that lens and yep. you'll be fine. That date
1: happens to be Christmas, but, you know. Okay. All right. But it, it's a good film. Yeah. And again, yeah, he's he's funny in that, which. You don't get to see him be funny enough because he's such an intense dude. Right.
0: Right.
2: Uh night before, is that what it's called? Yep, the night before. That's not it. That's it. This is riveting podcasting right here. <laughs> yes, Tom is currently I have, adding it well, to his watch list. I've been uh I've done a ton of the the old it's cheaper to buy to scan the UPC and buy it just to digital than it is to rent it mm-hmm. for if it's available just to digital, it's literally the cheapest way to get it, uh-huh. if it's not streaming somewhere. So I've done a ton of that this week, uh, and I had told you that I was trying to fill some uh, gaps, mm-hmm. and i you'll be happy with a couple of them. Not that, I mean, you're not going to give a shit. <laughs> what do you care what I watch? I do, because then we get to talk about it. Right. Uh but I was disappointed. I've tried to, I tried a bunch of different UPCs for um, 12 Angry Men, and none of them, it's not available anywhere. I feel like I need to give Hot Rod a second chance. I,
1: I need to give it a first chance.
2: I blew it off. I've never really? seen Hot Rod. I watched it, because this what 2007 was prime working nights at the base and getting Netflix movies. Yeah. And putting them in, on in the training room. Uh, I watched Hot Rod once. At work, and whatever. I guess it's, people like that movie. Like, yeah. people look back on it, and I don't know if it's because since then, Andy Sandberg has not... Yeah, when he first came out, I didn't
1: really care for him.
2: Right, like, he was he was, to be he, a knockoff Sandler.
1: And he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't utilized well, Correct. I think. Because he, he was on SNL, I'm not mistaking that, right? Oh, or, no, he yeah. does. yes, he was. And yes, I, I, I remember just be like, not really caring Yeah. Except I didn't really care for a lot of that cast at that point.
2: I don't think, and I think that's the case. It's weird. It it seems like Lor Michaels clearly has an eye for talent. He also Mm. is, uh, you know, for the past 30 years, the talent comes to him. Mm. Um, But it is true that some people don't, like I, like you have said, uh, because you've watched uh, more of his stuff, but uh, what's the? Pete Davidson? Yeah. That... He sucks on that show. Oh,
1: that's because they don't ever use him in anything. The only thing that ever uses him well are skits that have been written by Milani. Yeah. Because Milani knows how to use him. Yeah. And they're usually the sketches that no one but us would like because they're so fucking weird.
2: (laughs) And I, I, I won't say that Jimmy Fallon was... Jimmy Fallon was not a good sketch performer. No, he was clearly he, charming and funny, but he
1: oh he couldn't make it through a sketch without no, breaking it. No, he couldn't at and, all.
2: And sometimes that was super charming and help, and it made it funnier. Yeah, but other times it's like Jimmy, fucking yeah. do your job. He is clearly mm-hmm. much better at what he does now. So it is funny that they have all these examples of, and and the best and Andy Samberg's best stuff on Saturday Night Live was when they let him bring in his two friends yeah. and do songs and that the, that was the yeah, best dick in a box yeah, yeah the stuff like that's that. the best uh Sandberg stuff on snl not the stuff that was skits yeah but so anyway hot rod is uh i don't remember where i saw it recently that yeah i think i that we're talking about that it got a bad rap i think i
1: just yeah i think i put that in like my want list at bull moves like. yeah I'm gonna be picking I have to order it because it's not available in Bangor. But.
2: Right. Yeah. Because why would it be? Same.
1: Yeah. I think I did it like right after I ordered your Lonely we got your um, pop star soundtrack. It's right
2: there behind you. Nice. Uh. So yeah, I'm gonna watch Hot Rod again. Uh, Out of Sight is one oh. you keep recommending that I've never wanted to watch. Probably uh, my
1: favorite film of that year. God, that, that that film right there is the absolute best use of Clooney and Lopez that I've ever seen. Huh. I mean, there, there's a reason Clooney went from this to, like, Ocean's Eleven with Soderbergh. Yeah. I mean, out of sight, the Soderbergh film as well, but... Yeah. He got... He understood... That, that was the time when they were trying to make Clooney uh, an action movie star. Like, he was in The Peacemaker, he was in the Batman movie. Right. He was big on ER, so they were trying to make him a big movie star. And while he is obviously now a big movie star, nothing was... Playing to his strengths, right. He, uh, he is a charming, affable fellow. This works, you know. He, he's got that Han
2: Solo type charm. Or if he's not being roguish, you know, don't really care. I think the reason I probably never would have watched it because at that, what you just said about Clooney is, I would have been off of Clooney at that point. I mm-hmm. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would have. I would never get off George Clooney. Uh, I, well, I didn't
1: really care for who, who gave a fuck
2: about Lopez. Exactly that point same thing. I would have been not on. I will put it that way. I would not have been in 1998. I would have been not yeah. on board with either one of them. She
1: was great in Anaconda. Yeah, I would She's...
2: not have given a shit about her or him at that yeah. point. So that's why I wouldn't have watched that. Uh, Take Shelter. We're gonna. I will probably talk about more. I watched Dread last night. Dread was awesome. Dread is phenomenal. Dread is one that I just kind of skipped over because. Stuff like that is rarely good. Yeah, but, but oh, did you see
1: who the writer was? No.
2: Oh, yes, it's Alex Garland. Yeah, it's Alex uh, Garland. Yeah, and I didn't know that until yeah.
1: you watched two Alex Garland films. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, two Alex Garland written.
2: Films. Cr- yes, correct. Um, and then that wasn't completely by coincidence. Uh, I really like Dread, and what it made me realize is I don't think I saw the Stallone one. You don't need to. I didn't think so. Now. The Stallone one, uh, was that the more, because uh, the Stallone one, is doesn't he get uh, uh, accused of yeah. something isn't that? So what's the, I know it's a comic book.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it is a long running British comic book. Okay. so It's there's... like
1: our version of, I mean, it's not our version, but. You know, Judge Dread is their fucking fantastic four type okay. thing. It's been around forever. And like, everybody who's ever made it big in Brit comics
2: wrote that has at either point. written
1: Dread or something for two thousand A D, which is the that's like two thousand eighty is the Marvel yeah. you know, or D C of British comics, superhero comics especially. Alan Moore wrote for you know that for them. Um, so it's the Grant Doctor Morrison, Who
2: of comic books. <laughs> exactly.
1: If you're a comic book writer in the UK, you are either trying to write for 2080 or you're writing for Dread. Uh, Garth Ennis who is a huge, you know, US comic book writer. Now, um, made his bones writing Dread for quite a bit of time. Um, yeah, that anyone who's ever listened to us and knows our love for the raid. If yeah. you love the raid, you're gonna love Dread. It's just more guns, less kung fu, more guns.
2: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, and I, well, the reason I kind of asked about the 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 Judge Dread just canon or history is this movie came out one year after the raid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's derivative, but I wonder if I, I don't know. I don't know because I guess I, I you know. One year seems yeah. like really close together to be yeah. anything more than a coincidence. And it's a cop
1: locked down in a building trying yeah. to get to the top floor to take out the big bad boss. Right.
2: I, it seems like they were the productions would have been too close together to be anything more than a coincidence, but it does seem weird. The thing is, it takes nothing away from either film. No. Uh, they're both great. Yeah. Uh, and the other issue with Dread in the U.S. release is it came out
1: in 3D... Yeah. At the tail end of 3D, when people were just like, no more fucking 3D. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: it was terribly marketed.
2: Yeah. Like, Which is all the reasons that I would have skipped it. Yeah. I mean, that that should have at least been a $100 million movie.
1: Yeah. There's no reason why that movie couldn't have made $100 million that year.
2: It's certainly better than uh, your Resident Evils. Oh, by far. And your... Underworld. Yeah. yeah Which if, I think is what I assumed it was. Maybe. I assumed it was that level. Um, and it's not, it's, Mm -hmm. it's better than that. It's more clever than that. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, yeah, well, at that point too,
2: you know, Alex
1: Garland wasn't, I mean, he's still not a name that everyone knows, but I think people, people who love movies know Alex Garland is usually involved in good projects. He writes really, he's a great screenwriter.
2: Yeah. He's not going to, he's not going to write underworld revelations that may or may not be a real film. It could be. Wouldn't surprise me if it's not.
1: I'm like, is, it, is, it, is that a Resident Evil one? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. And again,
2: I've seen all the add, Resident Evils, and add, I can't tell you all the titles. Add any kind of descriptor or anything yep. after those two uh, titles, and it's probably been one of the movies. Yeah.
1: Um, Dread, Dread is so strong. Um, and the other thing was this. This was the the thing that like the Brits scoffed at with the um, American version with Stallone. Dread doesn't take his fucking helmet
2: off. Right. Yes. He's, I, he is the Mandalorian. Type I think. Well, that actually he does
1: not take it off.
2: That is what led me to Dread Was on uh, the Mister Sunday movies, uh, Mandalorian no, no recap kidding. or whatever. They talked about. That. No kidding. Yes. Oh. Um, that's what led me to dread in the first place. Because uh, I was wondering, I couldn't remember why. Oh, if you'd asked me, I would have been like, no, "Watch it now." <laughs> watch oh yeah. It now. Watch it now. Uh, well, I had I, you have said that to me before. Yeah. I, I had just never, never followed. <laughs> I just never followed through. It's always been in the back of my head. Same thing without a sight. Uh, the next one that I haven't watched is the Sting. I, I just haven't seen it. That and that's crazy to me. That, I know, especially like with
1: your love of all the presidents, Men. I mean, it's not obviously the same film, but but it's, it's like it's fucking you know Paul Newman, man, yeah. and Robert Redford. Yeah. It's so I,
2: well. Again, I, I, these are blind spots. I feel like I shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I watched Dial M for Murder, so... Uh, Which,
1: yeah, of all the Hitchcocks, it's like, that one is by far the one that seems like it was made for the masses more than anything else of his.
2: It's the most polite, courteous murder plot
1: yeah. ever. Yeah, But see, now you can I, go back and watch a perfect murder.
2: I will not. Which is the remake uh, of that film. I did not know that until you said that a couple weeks ago. I had no idea. Another odd
1: thing, Dial M for Murder was in 3D when it first came out.
2: I believe that. Yeah, but this film does not need a 3D element whatsoever. No, it takes place (laughs) in an apartment. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) Look, he's reaching for the phone. Oh my gosh. It is... uh, Robin actually... I didn't count it. his wife watched because Robin only watched like the last 20 minutes, but she was fascinated by it because it's just... They're so polite (laughs) and courteous and they're literally plotting each other's murders or accusing each other of murder and they're like oh my good sir i did not do that you know (laughs) but my favorite thing and if i can find it real quick i will uh was at the very beginning when he did i already pass it yeah there it is in the very beginning when he's on the phone uh talking to the guy about their it's buying a car it's Mm -hmm. fake but um, it's hilarious I mean I can keep talking and I'll find it it's right at the beginning Um, yeah so uh, I added to that I added Vertigo Mm -hmm. and I was able to get that Vertigo's so fucking good I was able to get that for two dollars so yeah that's good news
1: I know Hitchcock is one of those directors I want them to release like a massive box set for but they never do they always have, like, five film box sets with him. And it's always like, okay, there's only so many times someone needs to buy The Birds, Rear Window, oh, yeah, Psycho, no, yeah, North by that. Northwest, and, yeah. you know. And then there's always another box set that has all the ones that he did while he was still in England. Like, the 39 Steps and The Lady oh. Vanishes. It's like, again, there's always film. There's always stuff like left out like rope or... Um, Family Plot, or a couple other ones that are I just think never fucking included. It's like, work your shit out, people, and release a fucking giant box set of all his films, because it will do incredibly well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have only, this is my second, I mean, I don't think I've seen anything but Psycho mm-hmm. until this. I went on a big splurge when I first started working at Movie Gallery.
1: like Sure. Like, literally the first month. Yeah. I, I, I actually asked my boss at the time if we could make a little Hitchcock section. Yeah. Which we weren't supposed to, but we did anyway. Because um, no one looked in that particular area of the store for district managers. Um, they weren't going to check out that section. Didn't want to come to that checks. intersection.
2: Gross. Um, so,
1: yeah, we put together a little Hitchcock section, and I rented everything we had
2: yep. at that point. Um, and that... Did you have everything? No, no I didn't think so. No, I was gonna say I would was very surprised if the movie gallery on the on the intersection. No, this, of, was, this
1: was when I, this was even before that. Was that's when I was still at um, uh, Stillwater. Oh, the one that's not even yeah. you know didn't,
2: was the, the first one, that was, one the,
1: the one that was the first one to go.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> um, that's been a bunch of things.
1: Oh yeah, it's an auto parts store now. I yeah. think. No, no, it's not the auto parts store. That's the other side. It's uh
2: it's in between
1: the auto parts store and the Chinese buffet. I can't even remember what the fuck it is anymore.
2: Man, I guess I don't either.
1: Um, but yeah, they had they had about a third yeah. of the films, probably like twelve or so, which is weird to say. Oh, they had a third of his films, and that was twelve. Yeah. You know, but he was fucking prolific. Uh, they they so need a
2: big set. I'm gonna play some of this. All right. It's hilarious. I love it.
0: Hello, Hampstead 7899. Yes. Could I speak to Captain Leslie please? Speaking. Oh, good evening. You don't know me. My name is Fisher. I understand you have a car for sale. Oh, yes. An American car. Yes, I saw it at your garage. How much are you asking? 1100 1100 I see. Well, it certainly looks just the job for me, but I don't like that price much.
3: Well,
0: I didn't like it when I bought it. <laughs> now, when can we meet? I'm afraid I can't manage that. Uh, no, I can't. Uh, and I'm going to Liverpool on Sunday. I was rather hoping... I say, you couldn't come around to my flat tonight. Where it uh, made a veil. I'd call on you, only I've twisted my knee rather badly. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what's your address? 61A, Charington Gardens. I oh, no, no, Charrington. Oh, Charington. Oh, Charrington. It's left to the underground. It's about a two-minute walk. Right. Uh, I'll be there about an hour. Well, that's extremely good of you. Oh, by the way, will you be bringing the car? Oh, uh, I'm afraid I Well, that doesn't matter. I had a good look at it. You might bring the registration book and any necessary papers. Yes, of course. I don't see why we couldn't settle this whole thing here and now, provided you drop the price sufficiently. Oh, i that's quite happy. Well, we'll see what a couple of drinks can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodbye.
2: The whole movie <laughs> is like that. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, that's just what it's like dealing with people on Facebook yep. Marketplace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Pip, pip, cheerio, good man. Let's well, go. I do like this what you're offering, but could you... The price just seems a bit steep for me. Could you <laughs> drop it a <to> mite? <laughs> uh, and they talk about murder in the exact yes, same they way. Do. Yep. Oh, it's the best. Well, uh, you know, when you've got a princess in your cast, you have to yeah, like that. It, I mean, well When you've got Grace Kelly... Speaking of that, they... A lot... And again, I understand it's, it was the 50s. Mm-hmm. But watching it through modern eyes, like, all of the men... When responding to her, they might as well open every line with, oh, you stupid, stupid woman.
3: Yes.
2: Let me explain this to oh, you. Oh, yeah. You dumb, dumb woman. Mm-hmm. Cause every, and every time she would ask a question, I would turn to Robin and go, because she's a stupid woman. Because <laughs> that's how, they're so they, condescending. They and they really are. Well, it's, Explaining down to her. Well, it's she, interesting, too, because that's who
1: Hitchcock was. Yeah. he was not a good person when it came to the females on his cast Yeah, he was he was one of the orig- he, he was a me too type of guy <laughs> but he was a little more polite about it I think like but the car t- well yeah. yeah that's how they discussed murder I mean, he car sales mean fucking like there are stories of the shit he did to Tippy Hedren on the set of The Birds where he'd be like no these are just gonna be pretend birds for this scene and then would unleash real birds at her <laughs> you know she thought they were all gonna just be like puppets you know and shit and like nope Um, and I guess, like, uh, is it it Kim Novak in Vertigo? Can you scroll down one? Uh,
2: uh, It is. Yeah, he put her through some shit, too, apparently. So now I'm going to be watching Vertigo through the lens of the abuse that Kim Novak was He abuses almost
1: every woman. Um, So much, I still have actually yet to see the, the film Hitchcock. That um, Anthony Hopkins. Oh did. yeah,
2: yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know if they're
1: gonna be as awful as he supposedly was. I don't want to see them kind of candy coated. I, c-
2: I kind of don't want to see either way.
1: Yeah, although it does have him and uh, Helen Mirren as his wife, so it's like yeah. it's got that cast. It got decent reviews. It's just one of those. I'm like, not. I don't want to watch it yet. <laughs> uh,
2: the next one that I just have never caught at the right time is Hannah because mm-hmm. I want to watch the show. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I feel like I need to watch the movie. And that, and it's got uh, a really good cast. Uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't have watched it. It's, yeah, the always standout Eric Bana. That's right. <laughs> the always exciting. Uh, but it's got Kate Blanchett and Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. Younger this is one, Saoirse one of Saoirse Ronan. Ronan's first films, yeah, I remember right. Yeah, she's like 16 or something in it. Uh, the next one is uh, Children of Men, which I have seen mm-hmm. I remember nothing. This let, was also. Let a me know when work. you
1: rewatch it, because I just ordered a Region B Blu ray of it. Because well, Arrow put
2: out a masterful Blu ray of it. And of course, the US Blu ray sucks. I am going to put this in the same. It's in that same timeline mm-hmm. as Hot Rod. Yeah. I would have watched it at work. <laughs> it's
1: essentially the same film.
2: I know, uh, but I would have watched it at work and I probably didn't pay very close attention. Mm-hmm. So when I watch it, I've decided I'm going to call it an original watch. Yeah, that that film came out for me because I saw all three of these at Railroad
1: Square. Uh, it, it was like such a great... Children lecture. of Men, Hot Rod, and Hannah. <laughs> um, I saw Children of Men, The Fountain, and Pan's Labyrinth, yeah.
2: all within like a six week span. And I was just like... Fuck. <laughs> it's weird when that happens and you, and you, uh, cause that kind of happened, uh, with something I rewatched this week. That group of like 2015 movies. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I so stuck on these, like, three or four movies? Or was I just, like, over, uh, I don't know, over reviewing in mm-hmm. my own mind these, like, these are not that good and they couldn't yeah. be that good all that close together. Yeah, but they are. But they are. I uh, mean, Children of Men was. I guess it was
1: Quaron's breakout film. He had made quite a few movies before then, but yeah, this is when people this, were starting to go
2: like, oh. Well, and American audiences. Yeah, em, yeah right. specifically American. Because um, it was... Uh, I don't think billed the same way even something like Gravity was, mm. as Gravity was... I, I feel like this was... Gravity was billed as the the... Closer to 2001 than Star Wars, certainly. Oh, um, without, without, yeah. Uh, that might be too far, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Uh, or even something like Apollo 13. I'll put it that way. Closer to 2001 than Apollo 13. Uh, I think Children of Men was built more like toward the Will Smith sci-fi stuff that would have been going on at the time. Yeah, people probably were expecting more of an I Am Legend. Yes, <laughs> I yes. Or an I Robot. Because so, it's like, oh, it's a dystopian future. Right. I was probably, so I probably watched this movie at work with a different ex- set of expectations. I probably took 10 phone calls while it was on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to watch it fresh. Uh, the next one is No Country for Old Men. I've seen it. Uh, that Also one that I watch at work, but I will never forget. Yeah, uh, I do. So I-, I figured it was time to rewatch that. Because I kind of loosely had this thing in my head of it being a five-star February, and I'd watch, like, mm. really good movies this month, because it's also typically Oscar month.
3: Yeah.
2: It hasn't really worked out that way, because... I was thinking we more doing that next month, because yeah. of the Oscars got postponed to April, so... <laughs> and also, uh, what were you calling it? I was calling it Shinnonathon. Oh, the oh, Shinnonathon. The Shinonathon <laughs> got in the way a little bit, um... But I do, I will be watching, uh, re-watching No Country for Old because it has been a long time since I've seen it. I can't remember when I would have watched it last. Um, I've never seen The Professional. Oh,
1: I can't wait for you to watch that.
2: I have, I got two versions for two bucks. Watch
1: The Extended.
2: Okay. I watch was going to ask
1: you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, watch the Leon, The Professional.
2: Yeah. Okay. Because the- That is one
1: of Gary Oldman's finest fucking movies. Jesus, he's so off the chain. Yeah. In that, and- I don't use that in the cool way. Right. That movie's off the chain. Like, No, he is a mad dog that broke the chain and just chews every piece of fucking scenery in that film. He's amazing. And th- this was like Natalie Portman's debut.
2: Yeah. She's, She's so fucking 14 good. 14 years old, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll be watching that. Uh, so maybe I'll get to that sooner rather than later. And then the last one that I bought this week, or not this week, last week, was unforgiven. That was also going along yeah. The, uh, the. Yeah, I, I
1: watched that last year.
2: I it's couldn't. So f- it's still so fucking. Yeah, good. I don't know when I would have watched it last. It's, it, still it's probably so been 20 years. Good. Yeah. Uh, but that was part of my idea of uh, five star February rewatches. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to bounce over to something you watched? Uh, sure.
1: Uh, let, me, let me bring it up. Um. One of the things You've seen this before So I finally watched it Uh, A Simple Favor Oh yeah That was pretty good The
2: one with um, Blake Lively Blake
1: Lively And Anna Anna Hendricks
2: Main Zone Anna Kendricks
1: Yeah That Kendrick?
2: Kendrick Kendrick. Anna Kendrick
1: Yeah And directed by Paul Feig Who's mainly known for like Bridesmaids And like some broad comedies Uh, This film In The Office right? Yeah This film was twisted Yeah like, really, really. Tw- this was a film noir,
3: essentially. Yes.
1: Um, and it just, just a very candy-coated, you know, mom kind of way. It's fun. What was really fun about it is Andrea watches, like, a lot of those mom-type YouTube videos. She loves that shit.
2: Oh, yeah, so does yeah. Like the
1: how to organize yeah, yeah. or, you sure. know, make 80 meals in one week for $10 yeah. type of thing. She loves that shit. So it was kind of cool to see something like that be an actual main part of a murder movie, which is what I'm way more interested in. Right. Um, and Blake Lively just kicks all kinds of ass in this film. She's so good. Yeah. Um, it, yeah was... It, it was... It It was. Why that film didn't get more attention, I
2: do not know. That's why... I think that's why it took... Uh, when we watched it, think it was on hbo maybe but it had been out for a little bit mm-hmm. and it was just something that you knew existed i never mm-hmm. heard anything about it um and maybe that the types of people that i would follow that would even say something that would that would recommend a movie like that wouldn't even watch it in the first place because mm-hmm. they assume something different about it i guess um we're inadvertently doing an episode on expectations going into a movie mm-hmm. and how that's a bad idea. It
1: often is, yes. I agree. It's the easiest way to ruin a film is to think it's... Because I remember the first time I watched Royal Tenenbaums.
2: Yeah. I expected you it, to it be, wrong. <laughs> I
1: expected it to be Rushmore. Yeah. And I had just come from a bad day at work and went to the theater and saw it, and I fucking could not stand it. Hmm. I was like, th- this was trying to be too fucking cute which it still is. Yeah. But when I eventually went back and rewatched it, I was like, no, this movie's really fucking good. I just watched it in the
2: wrong headspace. That's weird, because that has always been my... I've still never watched it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's always been my... Even as someone who likes Wes Anderson, that one in particular is like, all right, that's too much.
1: Yeah, for me, that's the Jarlene, the Jarling Limited.
2: I was going to say that too. Because that's the only just... one of
1: his I've ever watched once. And I'm like, even though I own the criterion of it now, I'm yeah. like, I I will eventually go back and give it a second watch. But yeah, that one just did not get me.
2: Yeah. And it's the, there's always, you know, the characters always each have a quirk. Mm-hmm. And the thing that bugged me about Tenenbaums was the, the track suits <laughs> and the curly hair. And the thing that bothered me about uh, Darjeeling is the stupid head Mm wrap. Like, we get it. (laughs) Yeah. But I I get exactly what you're saying. And there's no real good way to explain it. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. If you've watched a Wes
1: Anderson film, you know there's always, at least, for most of these, there's just one thing that's just a little too cute.
2: And I think that's why I prefer his animated ones. Mm. Because... That doesn't matter there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's it's. It it's, doesn't
1: matter that the sock on the head because
2: yeah, it actually is funny, funnier that yeah. Ash has a cape on.
1: Yeah, if yeah, if you watched a movie with Jason Schwartzman running around with a cape on and a sock and for tidy whaties, and tell you what, you'd be like,
2: "This is stupid."
1: Yes. Yeah, you're just being a little too, a little too much right here, but but yeah, when, it's when it's when it's a in, fucking fox.
2: Yeah, when it's Fox, and it's hilarious. Uh, the next
1: one is is again. It was this is one that I have been meaning to watch forever, and for the most most time I didn't watch it because it just wasn't fucking available. Uh, this is the Panic in Needle Park, a 1971 film. Uh, this was the film that got Pacino the Godfather. This is what Francis Ford Coppola saw him in and said, I want him to be Michael Corleone. It's about heroin users in the early 70s. I mean, it, was, it came out in 71, so... Did early it, early seventies. Did it have
2: anything to do with him getting the job on Devil's Advocate? No. I'm guessing <laughs> not, even though they both Probably. take place, I believe, in New York. Uh, I bet they have more similarities than that. Uh, but
1: it's it's a brutal look at heroin addiction. Is and what he's people were, the addict? Oh ev- everyone yeah. is the addict. Fun. This was this was the nineteen seventies version of Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that- um It's not quite that terrifying, but no one has a good outcome in this movie because they're all addicts and they're all like, he falls in love with this girl, they, she ends up prostituting herself because they need more money for drugs. He ends up getting arrested all the goddamn time. Uh, But he is really good in it. Uh, Both him and and the female lead are really, really good. And I can see why Coppola saw this and went, this guy's a star. I need to put him in something bigger.
2: Isn't it weird that he's gotten worse? He really has. Isn't it? Is that? Like, his... Like, is that weird?
1: Like, I know everyone is like, De Niro is the best actor of his generation. And it's a a good argument to make, but I will say their 70s output, Pacino's better. Yeah. And that's saying something, you know, considering you look at, like, Mean Streets and fucking Taxi Driver, The Godfather 2. I like the... I like... Chino's movies of the 70s better.
2: There are <clears throat> well, he's got twice as many Godfather movies. <laughs> he's got Dog Day Afternoon, uh, Serpico, mm-hmm. that one you just mentioned. Yep. Um, what else is in Jesus. there? Oh. If only there were an app. Let
1: me go to <laughs> let me go to
2: IMDb. <laughs> um
1: there, yeah, he there they both had I mean, they both had great movies.
2: I've just—I mean, Dog Day Afternoon. I love that fucking movie. I haven't so watched much. that in a really long time. Well, if you want to go by quality of movie, uh, John Cazale like knocked well, it out. But well, Cheetah has only been in
1: sixty-two films or sixty-two credits on IMDb.
2: I believe that because uh, I—I think—I uh, think there's a gap.
1: All right, in we there. had
2: and Justice for All, which was
1: also really good. Um, cruising was nineteen eighty, so we can't count that. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon, Godfather, Serpico, Scarecrow. I forgot Scarecrow, oh, yeah. the one with him and Gene Hackman. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, that was by the same director as um, Panic in Eden Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then The Godfather and Panic in Eden Park. Yeah, so, he I mean, his output is small during the 70s, but it's really good quality. Well,
2: like, wasn't the, I mean, it's also, like, the two Godfather movies, wasn't that forever? just the time De
1: Niro's actually been in 126 credits I believe that that's crazy that they both pretty much came of age in the same time frame and he's made twice as many things
2: Well, De Niro's Um, been in a lot of shit De
1: Niro we got High Mom which is an early Brian De Palma film which is not bad Uh, Jennifer On My Mind which I've actually never heard of Born to Win which I've never heard of Uh, The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight Bang the Drum Slowly I did enjoy though. the old Lou Gehrig film oh yeah Mean Streets Godfather 2 Taxi Driver 1900 uh, The Last Tycoon New York New York I forgot about
2: the Lou Gehrig one yeah. uh, and then the Deer Hunter
1: so they both actually had similarly small outputs in the 70s but man well because I think movies took longer to make back then especially yeah. the, the Godfather films those were long shoots Well, and I, and I also, doubt that Deer Hunter was a, a short shoot either
2: just the sheer volume of I mean, there's so much, so many more places to put movies now mm-hmm. that you can make eight movies in a year because yep. there's this, the 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 economy can support yeah. it. Before, oh yeah, do I mean, you, like, you
1: think about in the '80s when like there were they didn't you know? There's actually a book about now about the uh, coming of age of the multiplex, which I really want to read, and how that just changed everything because before, yeah, movie theaters had one or two, or two movies, yeah, and that and that's was what they played,
2: and then you got. There weren't um, enough screens and outlets to yeah. demand that many... And
1: stuff. I mean, we, I remember we talked, we've talked about it before, but as a kid, like, Crocodile Dundee was in the theater for a
2: year. Yeah, right, right. A
1: fucking year. That will never, ever happen again. No. I mean, even something that goes on to make almost $3 billion, like the Avengers, is there for four
2: months. The, the last one that, that was truly in theater forever was Avatar, and that was kind of a special...
1: And even that was probably four or five months' talks.
2: It was a long fucking time.
1: It certainly um, felt like it.
2: But, <laughs> but, it was, but that was more because of everyone had to see it a certain way. Everyone mm-hmm. had to see it in the theater in 3D. Um, so that's what kept it in longer, was that it still had the demand of people not wanting to wait until it came home. But that movie sucks, so... Speaking of ones that you we were talking about going from, and I know we've talked about this before with Avatar, going from I didn't like it the first time until I rewatched it, and then I now I really like it, like the Royal Tenenbaums. I don't know if there's ever been a movie that I've thoroughly enjoyed the first time, and then on the second when I watched it the second time at home, I was like, oh, this movie sucks. Yeah. Like you take away the spectacle, and this movie sucks. Yeah. I've I mean, never it, watched it, it made, again. It made
1: great use of the 3D. Yeah. I liked how it did that, how it just wasn't stuff coming at you. Yeah. It was no, you you there's true depth of field yes. in what's going on. Um and it was visually spectacular.
2: But yeah, it's like watching a fireworks display. While you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch a recording of it.
1: Not not just yeah. that too, but like while you're in the moment, you're like you're like, this is the greatest thing. This is fucking awesome and then you're like that was 20 minutes yeah. I waited all day for this, and it was twenty minutes. Well, that's of course,
2: that's I've been watching this for three hours, but it is it's the equivalent of of that of people that like record fireworks on their phone. Like it's just not the same. No, not even close. You're not going to go back and watch that, right.
1: Why are you even? Why bothering? would you? I love watching people do that though. They're like yeah, there in their phone. I'm like, for it's not going to look as good.
2: No, but yeah, why why on earth are you doing that? I will do the uh, take the. I don't know the multi shot or whatever while they're up there and get like one if, and you'll get one good clear picture. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to record it. No one's going to watch that. Yeah, it's
1: stupid. Uh, another one that I watched this week or the week before that was I've only ever seen it once. I couldn't. I couldn't wait to rewatch it. This movie. More people need to see this, but this one is another one that I think got a little mismarketed, uh, and that is young adult. Robin watched that. <clears throat> I love that movie. It's, yeah, it's. It's one of the most bitter fucked up movies I've ever seen. Hmm. Um those of you who don't know the story, it's um r- directed by Jason Reitman and written by um Diablo Cody, the same duo that made Juno. So people I think were expecting a more hip like a hip Juno like movie, but just people our age. Yeah. Instead, it's about a incredibly fucked up Charlie Theron, like Charlie everything Theron
2: in sweatpants.
1: Yeah, everything about her life is going terrible. So she decides that she wants to go back to her hometown... I mean, except for this ...and seduce her high school boyfriend who just had a baby. Hmm. And is married. Terrific. Um, And everyone that she comes across in this movie is like, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) Shoot your shot, I guess. (laughs) No, they're not even like that. Um, And one of the people that she comes across in her hometown is um, played by Patton Oswalt. Uh Uh-huh. Who is pure Patton Oswalt. Um... He plays a a guy who, in high school, got hate-crimed, even though he wasn't gay. Uh, Just a bunch of jocks. Took a baseball bat to him as a kid. Broke, like, shattered both his legs. And, as he, you know, puts it, uh, made my my dick crooked. Because they also kicked him in the nuts a whole lot. Um, Jesus. Yeah. But he, he still lives in his hometown. He's, like, the bookkeeper for a local, like, Chili's type of place. Um, so she sees him as just an absolute loser. She went on to, I mean, like live in Minneapolis, you know. Oh, so she hit the big time, and is like a ghost writer for uh, you know Sweet Valley High type books that are now ending. Big time, then. Yeah, big big time, but yeah, her whole she wants to come home and um, seduce, seduce Patrick Wilson, who is very happily married and just had a child, and that if you're expecting, like, a big lesson to be learned in this film, there isn't. There's not. She's just a terrible human being. It's a very, very bitter movie. Uh, That doesn't mean it's not funny, because it is, but it's also kind of got that uncomfortable watch to it. Where you're like, oh, no, don't get drunk and do that. No, that's a bad idea.
2: I'm pretty sure Robin watched that. I'll have to ask her. I really enjoyed it, but
1: again, I'm also at times a very bitter and cynical man. Sure. (laughs) So... It was right in my wheelhouse. But, yeah, that movie didn't do well when it came out because people expected it to be Juno cute and
2: quirky. Right. And... It's not. It is not. Um... Oh, let's switch over. Let's switch back. Uh, I watched the, uh... Is this
1: recent? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I heard it beep.
2: Um...
1: A nice little sound effect for the people at home, so I'll well yeah. filling
2: my coffee. Is it still hot? Hot? Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe. It's, it's hot enough. <laughs> Is it worth me getting up for? Uh, I I finished watching the assassination of Jesse James, oh. or as uh, fans of the film like to call it, T A O J J B T C R F. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it out because I thought it would look funny as an acronym, and it does. Um, it looks like you mashed your keyboard. It does. Or if those were the buttons on like
1: your PlayStation Four, that would be a code
2: (laughs) of some sort. Uh, Yeah, I I we don't need to say much about it. That I kind of didn't already say when I watched the first forty minutes. It's gorgeous. Um, Everything that I said about the first half hour was true of the next two hours or whatever. Uh, Casey Affleck is just the worst. I was on a little Sam Rockwell kick at that point too because I think I had watched two Always. or three Sam Always Rockwells uh, in a row and he's very Sam Rockwelly. Everyone everyone is playing right to type except for uh, Mark Brandanowitz <laughs> who is uh, cuz I guess because I'm I haven't taken in a lot of yeah, I didn't realize football. just how
1: many things he was in.
2: Yeah, I I guess I don't know it was just kind of jarring because Mark Brandanowitz is a very Mild mannered, nice guy, Mm -hmm. and this guy is not, he's Mm -hmm. a dirtbag. Um, but so that was that was a little bit jarring, but everyone else pretty much playing to type. Mm -hmm. Um, it was also my third or fourth Sam Shepard because Sam Shepard is also in all the Jeff Nichols movies. Uh, so right now, Michael Shannon and Sam Shepard are one and two on my most watched for the year. Um Hits. My one and tour: Wesley
1: Snipes and Tupac Shakur at the moment.
2: Oh, because you watch because of my specific watching in gridlock, like, gridlocked, and yeah. Are they both in Gridlocked? No. Are they both in juice? No, but Wesley was <laughs> in White Men Can't Jump. Right. Which,
1: which what did I discover the other day? Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's just one of those things that you only work, learn because of Letterbox. Um, Picnic at Hanging Rock is like a nineteen early nineteen seventies Australian film. It's incredibly gorgeous, like just beautiful cinematography of the Australian, you know, landscape. And then I'm like, oh, also the same cinematography as White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> All
2: right, <laughs> it's good for him. Diverse uh, filmography. Yeah. Jeez, that film holds up though. Uh, what White Man Can't White Jump Man Can't really Jump holds up. It I, is. It's. It's. It's a little too
1: long, as it, almost every Ron Shelton film is. I remember thinking the same thing about when I rewatched Tin Cup. I'm like, this is a good movie, but it needs about 15 to 20 minutes chopped out of it. White Man Can't Jump is the same way.
2: Yeah, thinking back, it was better than it had any business. Yeah. being or it was certainly more than it was that. speaking of it it's another movie that was more than you would think by looking at the poster
1: yeah if you chop like you could literally chop out all the Rosie Perez Jeopardy stuff yeah
2: that yeah. really adds
1: nothing to the film it doesn't well um, it adds Rosie
2: Perez and yeah. that's what
1: but it was really funny actually this was what my post was the past, past week um, I watched Jungle Fever yep which is a very important movie you know, like Spike Lee is every... This matters! Yeah. I'm talking about race! Yeah. Um, in the Spike Lee way that he does. Um, New Jack City, um, which again is a pretty important look at, you know, the beginnings of the crack ep- epidemic. And that's, a, you know, that's a the Wesley Snipes type of role. Very quotable, too. Yeah. But you know what? The most, the more quotable of all those movies, the one that teaches you, like, the more life lessons in a memorable way is fucking White Men Can't Jump.
3: Mm.
2: You know? Yeah. White Men Can't Jump is more earnest. Yeah. Than any of the other ones you mentioned. Like, New Jack City is, first and foremost, a gangster flick. Yeah. Trying to be. Yeah. Um, Whereas White Men Can't Jump looks like a... Buddy comedy,
3: yeah,
2: and it's not. Well, I mean, it is. It is, but yeah, whole, it is. But it's.
1: But it's like not. when he was talking about like, I mean, the the whole thing was funny about you know you you, you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy, right? Because you're white. And I'm like, I fucking listened to Jimmy Hendrix in high school when I saw this. But it's like, and he Wesley's like, no, there's a difference between listening to something and hearing something. And like, as an adult, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, fuck this movie's. I should have listened to this movie more, you know? <laughs>
2: God damn. Listen to the life lessons of... Uh, I don't remember what either of their names are in the uh, movie. I want to just say Woody.
1: I can't fucking remember It that. doesn't matter. Um, it's an easy find here. Hold on. Billy Doyle. Billy Hoyle was Woody Harrelson, and Sidney Dean
2: was Wesley yeah, Snipes. I would never have pulled either of those. No. I just uh, remember
1: Duck and the King. <laughs> 'Cause those are the two they played at the oh, end. Oh yeah,
2: right. Um The weirdest thing I watched this week uh was called The Witch. I've been Not the not Witch Not the Double V. Not Witch. the I've Witch. Been, that's on my to view
1: list on Netflix. I've been meaning to watch that since like Halloween and I've never gotten around to it. I, when you when I saw it on your list, I'm like, holy shit.
2: It is uh Much like the Rose Well I want to say that it's important to the plot because it is, it's too important to the plot so I won't say that uh it is the the full title is the witch part one subversion mm-hmm. it is very clearly a part one mm-hmm. it's mostly set up it takes a long time to get going but it is well worth it by the time you get to the end mm-hmm. um Whatever you think it is is probably about what it is. What do you think it is?
1: <laughs> a horror movie about witches. But uh, but again, it's, it's Korean. Really, it's not really it's horror. It's South Korean. So that tells me it's going to be every fucking film genre, because that's what they
2: do. Yeah, it's like bloody sci-fi, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of... I mean, she's, a, 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 she's like 19 or 20, mm-hmm. so it's... Uh, and there is a uh, an American Idol-style show involved. So there's a lot of that. A lot more than that than you'd think and want. Uh,
1: yeah, that's right. It's by the same director who did I Saw the Devil, which right. I fucking love.
2: Which, I that's another one that I was looking for, but do you have a copy of that? I, I own that on Blu-ray, so okay. yeah. Um, I remember there, he, there, there is no
1: part two yet, if I remember correctly.
2: Well, <laughs> apparently it is in production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but because someone else said that too, that wherever because oh, I think I got the recommendation off uh, the Flick Connection guy, um, and I think he said the same thing that he wasn't aware of a part two. There is something listed, but it yeah, could just it's listed be...
1: on IMDb right now as question marks. Yeah,
2: so I hope there's a part two. Otherwise, uh, part one could have been about twenty minutes. Well, I think in either case, part one could have been twenty minutes shorter. Um, and it would have been a tighter, uh, cause you start to, it gets to a point where you're just like, okay, let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. We, we get what's going on. We, well, we don't get what's going on here and it's, you need to start, uh, fleshing out your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the first like hour of the movie is, or I would say the first 40 minutes of the movie is, could be cut down to 20. And then have the same kind of back half. Um, I did. Re- I, I wouldn't call it horror. I would call it bloody sci-fi. <laughs> or it's a, and, and it actually also it it's you know what it's it's very similar to it's very similar to a Stephen King type
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, storyline like yeah. a Firestarter slash Institute slash that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I would call it bloody X Men. <laughs> That worked. Something similar. Uh, it's totally worth watching if you if you want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the only reason, Dan's got the handmaiden up on, on his, I don't yep. want you to talk about it yet. The only reason I haven't watched it is that that's what Robin and I were supposed to watch last night. Because oh. we were, all week we had been, uh, that was one of the ones we were going to watch mm-hmm. this week. And then the shenanathon happened and it kept getting bumped back a day. Yeah. Uh, so that was supposed to be last night, and then Tilly was a turd, and by the time everyone was down, it was like 10 o'clock, so I just watched Dread instead, yeah. and Robin fell asleep.
1: Yeah, this is one, The Handmaid is one. I started watching it at like 9.30 at night, yeah. thinking like, I'll watch like a half an hour of it and then go to bed. I do that
2: all the time. And next
1: thing you know, I'm like, I, I texted you, uh, this is like one of the most fucking amazing movies. I'm, I'm not surprised, because it's uh, Park Chan-wook, who, who did Old Boy. Yeah. Uh, he has never made a bad film that I've seen. He did, you know, the Vengeance trilogy, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, Old Boy. Uh, but he also did Stoker, was his American film, which was just really right. fucking good. I, um, I was gonna,
2: I was gonna ask if you had seen that. I didn't yeah. look to see if you obvious. Mean, had... Stoker was
1: also written by Wentworth Miller from pr- the, prison the Prison Break, break guy. Yes,
2: <laughs> the, yeah, he wrote a tremendous film. Uh, the st- guy that played Captain Freeze in the CW verse? <laughs> yes, that um, is, that's the most bizarre.
1: It was cult. for me too because I I'm like, you know, it, it's his like one real like American American credit, and I'm like, I wonder what made him want to do this. Who wrote Who wrote Who wrote Stoker? And I'm like, Wentworth
2: Miller. <laughs> All be, right, that would be like if you had said that. Uh, one of your foreign Criterion films, uh, written by the guy that plays Scully on Brooklyn Nine <laughs> yeah. you Nine. Know, like what? Um, every everything he also did
1: Thirst, which was a fucking really cool vampire film, um, and one that's um, I've, I've I've got on my list to watch this week called a Joint Security Area, which is about the DMZ between North and South Korea. This is the same guy. Yeah, same guy. Um, yeah, I've just been on a kick from him, but no, the Handmaiden just. The essential story of, of a Handmaiden is um, a young woman is hired to be a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress. Um, a friend of hers gets her the job. And you learn pretty much right away, this isn't spoiling anything, that she's a con artist. Yeah. She's been raised in an orphanage where you're basically raised to be a con artist. And her whole job being this handmaiden is to help one of her friends who is a con artist fall in love, have the Harris fall in love with him so that he can um, inherit her fortune by basically, again, this is what happens to women sometimes, as soon as they're married, basically declaring her insane. Right. And shipping her off somewhere so that he can have her fortune.
2: Whereas if you were in 1950s London, you would just hatch a plot to have her murdered very Mm. politely. Yes. (laughs) If you wanted to get her money. Um, But
1: there's a lot more to this film than that. It's one of those films that, as it unfolds, you're just like, "Fuck, this is brilliant."
2: Well, I've been, I have been, uh, the witches part of it, and this one, and Ordering Old Boy, and as much we like Parasite from last year, Mm -hmm. I've, I'm very enamored with the the South Korean movies. Korean cinema is
3: amazing.
2: Yeah. So, uh, which is why when you when you texted me that, I was like, "Perfect," because I think I had already we'd already talked about Old Boy at the time that you watched yeah. that, right? Yeah, um, that's what actually made me decide to watch that. Oh. I'm like, oh, I haven't, so
1: I have to wait probably three weeks for Old Boy <laughs> to arrive yeah, right. from England. So right. did we?
2: We didn't talk about that. We yeah. talked about that before. Yeah, uh, we both uh, independently ordered copies of Old Boy. Mine's coming from Texas,
1: and mine's coming from England.
2: So, so. yours will probably get here first. <laughs> uh, Texas is. Struggling right now. They're troubled. Yeah. Uh, so I. So when you texted me that, that this is really good, I immediately watched the trailer. And I said, I, you know, this shoots to the top of my watch list. And then I said, I think Robin would watch this. So, like, every once in a while, there's a lot of stuff uh, that's in this neighborhood that I don't even bother showing. I don't even bother asking because yeah. she's not going to want to. But I said, I have something that you might have no interest or you might be very interested in watching this. So we watched the trailer, and she said, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah,
1: Andrea, like, because she falls asleep before me, and then, like, every, like, especially, like, when she first falls asleep, if I'm watching something, we'll yeah. kind of wake up. Sure. Look at what I'm watching, and then fall back asleep. Right. And the next morning, she was like, whatever you were watching was beautiful. Yeah. Because it is an immaculately shot film. I'm like, it's one of the best films I've seen in a long time. But don't watch it yet, because I ordered the Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I ordered order from also from England. Because it's it's the U.S. version of the Blu-ray is about 150 bucks right now. Because it's it, it's long out of print. Um, but in in England, there's copies, so I bought that.
2: <laughs> that's an eventual segue to that's that was the exact uh, exactly what happened with Sunshine was mm-hmm. I was watching that on the tablet. Robin had fallen. so The next morning, she goes, "What were you watching last night? It was it was really bright." Well, <laughs> I watch it's Sensor. a spaceship going to the sun yeah so yeah uh so handmaiden i uh, i i can't picture us watching it tonight maybe that'll be tuesday night because usually night before remote day wednesdays are remote days uh we stay up a little we make coffee on those nights yeah and stay up a little bit later so maybe we'll watch it when's uh tuesday night uh but it's definitely uh at the top of of most wanted on my watch. i've got about I try to keep my watch list manageable Mm -hmm. because if it, what I, the mistake I made in in 2019 is I just wrote out like 150 movies. Mm -hmm. I should not have done that because you get to things, stuff that was early on on your list, the longer you go without watching it, the less likely you are to watch it. So I try to keep it, I'll even take stuff off my watch list if I feel like it's been there too long. Mm -hmm. Like if I haven't watched you by now, I'm I'm, not going to read it. I've been going with. Feeling the vibe. Yeah, exactly. Like, ooh, yeah, Tom
1: mentioned, oh boy, I'm going to watch Chan Park. Ooh, okay, yep. now that I've watched that, I need to re-watch this and this and then have this come out. Um, And it's really, again, it doesn't look like I've been on a Korean cinema kick, but it's mostly because I've just been trying to procure them. I um, feel
2: like I am. Yeah. Whether it's true or not. Yeah, it's... I mean, I've
1: obviously this year watched way more foreign films at this point than I did sure. last year. Um, having the Criterion channel is helping with that because, they they specialize in that. Um, they have a lot of foreign films on there, um, but it just God, they make great films. And again, it's also because we only get the cream of the crop over here. You know, they're they're yeah. not importing their garbage films to us. Correct. Um, and it's it's because they're actually in talks right now that there's going to be a train to Busan American re- remake. Yes. And one of the best replies to that I read. Because, right, right. again, it's not that old. Why redo that? How
2: about the high-speed rail? Yeah, but one of the quote
1: <laughs> tweets was, um, how on earth is, is there, are they going to make an American film about high-speed rail? It's just not the same, because, again, if a zombie outbreak broke out on an American train, you can pretty much just fucking hop off at any point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: you'll probably just jump be,
2: off onto the platform. You'll
1: pro- well, not even the platforms. I mean, uh, if you're on the... Um, the, the only train I've really taken with any regularity is the one that goes from Portland to Boston. Yeah, the Amtrak. As it's going slow through Brunswick, I'm pretty sure I could drop off... Not Brunswick.
2: Um, Jog beside it. Yeah, I could pretty much jump out at any time and be okay. So, uh, I just added Train to Busan to my watch list. That was actually on my 2019 list, and I never got around oh, to it. Oh, it's
1: so good. It's that's one of the best zombie films you'll see.
2: So I'll, add, I'll add that. I wonder if I can get that for $2. I bet you can. I wonder if that's a $2 movie. Um, what, oh, do you want to talk about Sunshine? Because this is my first Sunshine... Yeah, go, go This go was ahead. my first Sunshine viewing. Um, Danny Boyle film. Because my Danny Boyle starts with 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of someone who has a wide range of... Uh, yeah, he's one of those directors that can go from genre flick to
1: Oscar bait... Without missing, without blinking an eye,
2: to a Beatles movie.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, he did. He directed that he, yesterday, yesterday from yeah. a couple of years ago, and he also did um, Slumdog
1: Millionaire.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, so he's
1: had an, 127
2: hours. It's kind of like that. We I don't remember who we were talking about last week, but it was like, yeah, just because this is what this guy's good at doesn't mean they can't have other interests yeah. and do other things. Because you have other interests, don't you? Yeah. You know? uh, who the hell were we talking about? It sunshine, uh, no. Before oh. what, like last time, we were oh, talking about someone along those lines. So anyway, sunshine. Um, Fifty years in the future, thirty years in the future, yeah. near future. I like near future sci-fi where things are still just similar enough, mm-hmm. um, kind of like Ad Astra yeah. and um, even uh, like Annihilation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the sun is dying, and, and
1: annihilation's
2: a good tie-in because. Ah, Axe Garland, yeah. Uh, the sun's dying, and they have sent a something to restart the sun, uh, like a bomb, and they lose contact with it. So they sent a second mission, mm-hmm. and whatever it is, this is the last shot because everything, all the nukes in the world, or something, are on this yeah. one ship. So if it, this doesn't work, the world's fucked. The world has frozen over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more the... I mean, there are definitely some... because yeah, I mean, the
1: sun is still there, which is why they can get so fucking close to it. Right. But it's fading. It's fading.
2: <laughs> um, and temperatures on Earth have dropped like 10 degrees or something like that. Uh, so it's, it's... It's a weird... It's almost like two separate films. Yes, uh, because the first half of it is more of a psychological, the effects of a long, Mm -hmm. isolated trip. A lot of the more thoughtful sci-fi tropes of isolation Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe paranoia a little bit. And it's also got, much like um, The Martian, which you also watched,
1: everyone's... Oh, wrong, Sunshine everyone's got a specific job to do yeah. on this fight. Yes. Because um, it, it's got a great cast. I mean, Cillian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans, Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Benedict Wong. Again, it's, it's another fucking Marvel movie.
2: I, uh, although you mentioned that I watched The Martian. I watched The Martian because uh, we're doing... Mar- There's been a lot of Mars stuff because mm-hmm. of Prosper- Prosperity. Is that the one that's there yeah. now? Yeah. Um, landed just the other day. So sixth grade science. We've been doing a lot of Mars stuff, uh, talking about this that as it's been happening. And uh, Miss Kay, I asked her, I, I said, it's just like, the, oh, I said, have you seen The Martian? She's like, no. I said, "This, you need to watch The Martian. Yeah. She loves this stuff. So yeah. she actually, she ended up, so that led to me rewatching it because I mean we've seen The Martian a thousand times. Um, that's not true. We've mm-hmm. seen it like <laughs> three times, four times. Um so yeah, I rewatched that the other day. I think that has the record for most Marvel people. Cause yes, it's like so many. it's like eight or ten. Mm-hmm. And if you count Marvel movies in general, mm-hmm. I think it was eight MCU and then it was like eleven if you counted like Kate Morrow was Sue Storm mm-hmm. and someone else was in an X-Men movie. But oh. that the Martian cast is a fucking MCU cast it's it's shocking yeah because I mean even technically Matt Damon oh yeah I counted is, Matt yeah, Damon because he was in he was in oh, Ragnarok yeah he was in Ragnarok and but. supposedly is going to be in Love and Thunder yep
1: yeah. uh, old Kristen oh Kristen Wiig sorry she's a DC movie right Um. but yeah Kate Mara uh, Michael Pena yep
2: Sean Bean no that's weird. I know, I, I know. I, I thought about that for a while, but... Yeah, but Sebastian no.
1: Stan, Chirotala Giafor. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, Benedict Wong. Donald Glover. Yep, oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Donald Glover. I'm just looking now, I'm like, was Mackenzie Davis in any of them? No. no. surprisingly not.
2: There were, there are far fewer uh, named actors in that movie that have not been in Marvel movies than have, mm-hmm. in other words. It's really just Sean Bean, uh, Jeff Daniels, Kristen Wig. That's about it for ones that haven't been.
1: Yeah, you're people like, I'm surprised they haven't been. Yeah.
2: Oh, Jessica Chastain was in the X-Men movie. That's why she yeah. counts. Yeah. Um, that was the one that I was thinking of that was like borderline. Whether it should count or not. So yeah. So sunshine. How did we get off? Oh, because it's a Marvel movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very. And then the second half of it is more dead spacey. Yes,
1: maybe. Uh, yeah. When they get to the second aircraft.
2: Yeah. Uh, then it turns into.
1: It's a straight horror film at that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you realize something. There's a reason that that ship stopped transmitting. Right. And it's Mark Strong. Right.
2: Um, who was yeah. not in a Marvel Was he in a Marvel movie? No He was just Green Lantern in Green And, Lantern.
1: and uh, Dr. Savannah. Oh and and Shazam right. <laughs> He's,
2: he's double, two DC's make an MCU Right? <laughs> yeah Is that the, way that works? That's, like, is that the math it. on that? <laughs> uh, yeah uh,
1: I mean it gets almost like Hellraiser in space It at does that point, And it's one of the complaints That often is made about that movie Is people who are really Into the first half when it makes that tonal shift, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and a, a little bit of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a Colonel Kurtz. Definitely a Colonel Kurtz. Uh, Just a Colonel Kurtz with some, p- perhaps, supernatural powers.
2: Hell of a sunburn. A little, little more murdery. Yep. <laughs> definitely has skin cancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it,
1: it, it it takes a tonal shift there at that point, where it's almost a slasher film.
2: Yeah, um, it, and it's one of those... Um, to me, it's a it's a I couldn't give it a four and a half, but it is a standout four. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, it's
1: still an incredibly well made film. It's gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous to look at. Yeah, the acting is all is top notch across the board. Yeah, um, and it's it's and again, it's an Alex Garland story, so you know it's Alex Garland is great at writing sci fi that's definitely about more than what's going actually on.
2: Yeah, the sci-fi. Well, and that's that's. I guess that I suppose that's all good sci-fi. But, yeah, but I mean, uh, that's he
1: did like the same thing where, with Ex Machina. Yeah,
2: where it's like, okay, yeah, it's
1: about a guy doing a Turing test to see how well this AI is, but it's about more than that. Yeah, um, and usually when it's about more than that, it's fucking weird.
2: <laughs> like he is not afraid to make things weird and uncomfortable. Well, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. That's his, that's that's how you know it's him. Yeah, uh, which, Does that sci-fi make you feel weird and uncomfortable? It's an Alex Garland story. It's funny because that uh, Robin doesn't typically like that sort of thing, like the uncomfortable, tense type stuff. But then there are certain movies that she's, for whatever reason, drawn to. And Annihilation is one of those. She still hasn't watched it. <laughs> and it's definitely, we'll watch it together, because she's definitely not going to watch it by herself. But she has, we've... It, It's been brought up a couple times that also got a good Marvel cast. (laughs) Well, it's got Jane Foster. It's got uh, Apocalypse. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's got Valkyrie. Um, Um, yeah. Who else is in that? I'm trying to remember if any other people in that are Marvel people. Um, because I don't think Jane the Virgin.
3: Oh,
1: oh. Benedict Wong is also in that Jesus
2: Benedict Wong he's in everything yeah good because I love him he's he is in my I'm surprised that Jennifer Jason Leigh has
1: not been in a Marvel film yet
2: Hmm. that's really
1: surprising to me
2: um you mean you didn't catch the single white female run of Spider-Man from the when she was a villain uh yeah Gina Rodriguez has not been in a Marvel film it's kind of surprising I have, I'm going to put that on my rewatch list right now because Robin will eventually, she'll want to watch that. She's definitely I'm, like six degrees away
1: from many, many Marvel movies based on the other stuff she's been in, <laughs> but... Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I really like Sunshine. Um, other than that, other than my three Michael Shannons that we haven't really talked about Um, Let's let's go right into the Shinonathon. Okay. Um, the first one I watched was Midnight Special. Well, the first one, uh, Mud was a couple weeks ago. He was also in that, but he was not the lead in that. He was the lead in these other, well, he wasn't the lead in Shape of Water, I guess either, but he is the, Jesus. Yeah. I totally forgot. He was also in the Shape of Water. Yeah. yeah, He's He's the the main baddie. He is is the antagonist in Shape of Water. So it's not like, damn it. I totally forgot (laughs) that he was in that. Oh, he's the worst in that. Um, So we started with Midnight Special, uh, which is, what, Uh, Little Boy. It's It's, actually a fascinating little It's almost like an X-Men origin. It is. And then with with religious cult kind of added in, Mm -hmm. he is, uh, he can basically show you, I don't know, I how do you even dis- I don't even know how to describe I'm doing a terrible job. I like to think of, for me it reminded me a lot of Firestarter. Yeah,
1: it's a little boy on the run with the government after him.
2: Right. Um, well, that and that's the thing is that there's he's been taken away from this religious cult that kind of that treats him as kind of a, a mm-hmm. messiah type figure because he kind of is. Yeah. Um, he has this power to make people see. Uh, ultimate peace or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's he, weird. He's a
1: weird type of medium.
2: Almost. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His powers are very vague. Yeah. Uh, and in, intentionally so. Um, Cause this, it tries to ground itself as much as possible. It's very grounded for what yeah. I know what we're saying so far is weird, but it is very grounded. Um, it's mostly what you described. It's a boy on the run with his father mm-hmm. who has taken him out of this religious cult where he was, but the government was also looking for him because he's a supernatural yeah. being and they want to study him and see if they can, he can be used as a weapon or whatnot. Um, it, it is... I would still classify it as sci-fi, but it's not. It's a very grounded
1: sci-fi.
2: Sci-sortify. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're there if you're there looking if you're expecting an X Men film, it is not that. No, it is not a whole bunch of mutant powers on display.
2: And it's also not a uh, aliens are coming down. Yeah, although aliens come down, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. There's no like invasion or anything like that. It's uh, not a lot of pew 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 alien fights. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's it's actually not even that. It's what he's able. Should I say it? I, I mean, guess. there's some Close Encounters vibes almost to this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if Where, you want to watch Midnight Special, and you don't want to know anything. Then ignore the next two minutes. Uh, he's basically aware of he he belongs in, and he aware he's aware of this second universe mm-hmm. that is right on top of ours, but we can't see it. Yeah, and he they're a more advanced form of us, mm-hmm. but we aren't quite on their wavelength. And somehow he is here. And the whole point of the movie is that. Yeah. That's the best I can do. Yeah. I I did, I really enjoyed it. Robin Robin really enjoyed it, but there's not really.
1: I haven't watched that since it like first came out. I'd like to it. Was it on Netflix? Yes. I'll have to give that another. Like I said, I viewed it when it first came out on DVD. Like I red boxed it. And I remember really liking it, but Um, it's been a long time. Like I had forgotten Adam Driver
2: was even in it. He's terrific. Oh,
1: because he, he wasn't Adam Driver, when right when that came out. Exactly. Like, he
2: it would have you would have when you watched that, you were like, who's this weird looking guy? Yeah. Why is his voice so deep? <laughs> Why is he so engaging to watch? <laughs> uh it I did I thought of that when I was watching it because I think it's 2012, 2011? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, that that might be take shelter though. Jesus uh, no, it says 2016.
1: Yeah, okay. like, it doesn't feel like it was that. No, long ago. it
2: doesn't. Uh, I mean, that, that, it feels longer ago. Yeah. Uh, or if even watching it, I mean, I mm-hmm. heard of this movie the first time like a week ago. Um, but yeah, even watching it, it feels they all look they all look younger to me, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but Michael Shannon has has and always will look forty. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, he's looked forty since he was thirty. He's yeah. looked forty. He looks forty now that he's fifty, or however old he is. Turn hey Google, up. how old is Michael Shannon? He's had a hundred fucking credits. I believe it. Why does my volume turn all the way I'm down? Like, what's the hey Google. Thing? How old is Michael Shannon? He's forty-six years old. 46 he was in Grandpa Day. I saw that on his credits, and uh, I'm I, curious. I don't
1: remember him at all. In that. Probably
2: a passerby of some sort. I mean, oh, that he plays Fred. That was thirty fucking years ago. Yeah.
1: He also was in Chain Reaction as DC Flower Delivery Man.
2: Well, yeah. Think of it that way. He was sixteen. Mm-hmm. So he was. He played a kid. Yeah, he's been. He was in fucking Pearl Harbor. He was in Vanilla Sky. Jesus,
1: he's been in a lot of stuff that I've seen. He was in 8 Mile.
2: Please tell I don't, me. I he don't believe he had a rap early, battle. An early rap battle. That would be the best. Uh, he's
1: been in a ton of stuff that...
2: Well, it's interesting you should say that, Dan, because he was also in another movie that I watched <laughs> this week uh, called Midnight Special, also directed... Oh, that's the one I was just talking about. It was called Take Shelter, mm-hmm. also directed by Jeff Nichols, uh, director of MUD and Midnight Special. And Loving. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you, when did you, this was his first, this was his. This I
1: just saw for the first time like a year or two ago. Okay. Did we talk about it? I don't think so. No? Um,
2: Spoilers for Take, well, okay, spoilers for Take Shelter. This is one where you don't know if it's. Real or not? Yes, right up until the very, very end, and there really is no real payoff. No. Yeah, I, I agree with that on it because
1: it's about a man who would probably get along really well during the last four years. Uh, he's prepping. Yeah. He
2: feels that the world is going to end.
1: He has these weird visions. Yes,
2: it's not just uh, not just out of a because he listens to fucking right wing radio all day. because yeah, he, he, he has these, these dreams visions,
1: um that the world is going to come to an end. So it, he starts I mean the movie basically starts with him building this big ass bomb shelter in his backyard.
2: Tornado shelter.
1: Tornado shelter, yeah. Um and then as the film progresses you're like is is he just going crazy? Be- is is parano... is like he beca- is 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 his schizophrenia kicking in?
2: Because he his mother was uh was institutionalized mm-hmm. at his current age now. Yeah. Um so he was like 10 years old when his mother was institutionalized with paranoid schizophrenia. She, and her thing was, she had left him in the car at the grocery store at 10 years old and never came back. And they found her eating food out of a dumpster two cities away, like three weeks later or something. Yeah. So he is also, he's a, he's a very, he's a very grounded person. And he's, he looks at things very rationally, like he keeps a notebook of, You know, if I'm going to get it, this is what it is. I have exhibited three out of the five symptoms. He goes to a counselor, just like you would take your car to the shop and be like, well, my, you know, I'm hearing a squeak from the right rear front or, you know, the right rear front. You know what I mean? He, it's, it's very clinical the way he goes in and he's like, I am experiencing these delusions and blah, blah. So I've done three out of the five things. I took the test that you take and scored a 14 out of 20 or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you don't know until the very end whether or not he's just slipping into his mm-hmm. schizophrenia that he's expecting will and come on. And he's very
1: convincing yes. with the schizophrenia.
2: Because um, I think, yeah, I watched this,
1: yeah, I think it was like two years ago for the first time. After I had first worked with someone, because like, one of the kids that I worked with, when he first came to us at 18, exhibited no signs yeah. of schizophrenia. A year and a half later, full blown. Wow! And it was very weird watching that happen because it was a lot like this. Yeah. Where like, oh, okay, he's normal. He's normal, normal. Okay, he just said so. What? <laughs> yeah. That was really off because he he had a he was very paranoid, paranoid. Um. And it, yeah, but it was gra- it was very gradual for a while, where you're just like, is he just high? Right. You know, because yeah. it's like. We, he all, He used as well, but he was using to self-medicate um, because he, he didn't talk about it for the longest time. Um, so you just thought, okay, he's depressed. He's depressed and using a lot. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, it clicked. yeah like oh, oh shit because you don't get a lot of family medical history working at the U homeless when mm-hmm. right. Um, we later learned that yeah, his mother was the same way, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, as he slipped into it, it started to make sense. But it didn't make sense for almost a year. Yeah. Until it finally clicked. And that's what it was like watching
2: this. Well, and it's it's interesting here because the big that big kind of switch flipping blow up moment is at the when they get in the fight at the Lions Club dinner. <laughs> and the interesting thing about the way they that was presented, and Robin and I kind of talked about it at the time, was that. The, the of the kind of three people involved in that blow up he was the one that acted the most rationally to begin with he didn't want to go to the fucking dinner mm-hmm. his wife made him go to the dinner he told the friend that he totally fucked over not here man let's not do this mm-hmm. and he kept pushing and then he blows his top and like everyone's like whoa this dude is cuckoo for cocoa puffs mm-hmm. so it was fascinating that they that uh uh that it wasn't just this blow up that was hundred percent his fault. And it was like, he was, a, he's look, don't put me in that position. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to this dinner. I don't want to talk to you about this now. Yep, It's not going to end well. Cause I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> and he knew, he knew yep. that. I, I just thought that was a fascinating choice. Um, but then from there, it is an actual tornado touches down. Yep. So then you're like, oh, and you know that the, and, and plus at the time that that happened, Robin's like, how much time left? Because she wanted to know if this was it. Yeah. And it isn't. It's a fake out with like 10 minutes to go in the movie mm-hmm. that like, oh shit, maybe he is just crazy. Um, because it is just a, and it, there's this really long kind of excruciating scene of the wife, because the wife is, is wants to be supportive and there for him, but she's also kind of scared of him at this point. Yeah. And she's afraid that he's gonna lock them in the storm shelter and not let them out. Yeah. So she does. That's a terrific scene, by the way, mm. uh, between him and and Jessica Chastain, uh, who plays his wife. Uh, about she's trying to be calm. Mm-hmm. Just if you open the door, you'll see that the the storm's over. We're fine. We can go back in the house now. Uh, and eventually he does, and. Uh, mm it turns out it was just a bad storm yeah and then when they finally uh he finally kind of agrees that he's got to let go because he's it's all become this entire mania has become centered on this shelter
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh it's like the entire thing has that's it that's the representation of his state of mind uh and the when he finally goes see the psychiatrist the t- psychiatrist is you know you've got to Take some time away, so you're not physically near it. So they go on their beach trip, and sure enough, the fucking oil rain starts, <laughs> and everyone's gonna die. Do you think everyone died? That's what kind of I was going yeah. back and forth. Because it, it, it's not a. He's vindicated, but he's also like, "Fuck, I was right." Yep. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah, it, 500 it's five hundred miles. From it's my, one of yeah.
1: It's one of those where you think about it for like. I almost don't want to think about it.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah, it's like,
1: that's, that wasn't the whole point isn't to know what happens then. Right. (laughs) It's
2: just to know that it happens. And is it vindication? Because I still think he is, it's not, it was schizophrenia. He is. Yeah.
1: You can still have schizophrenia and be right. And be
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. You can be paranoid and not wrong. Yeah. Uh so it's it's not really a. I'm not even it's the type of movie you're not even sure how to feel at the end of it. Yeah. Like, should I be happy that he's vindicated or well, sad he's, that
1: uh, it, the director's pretty good at this type of
2: feeling? Yeah. <laughs> well, and and that, there's a lot of that in Mud. You're mm-hmm. not quite. Should, should I be rooting for this guy because mm-hmm. he's kind of he's obviously he's killed someone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean his his character in the the Shape of Water, it's
1: a little easier to know. No, we don't
2: we should yeah. not root for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh moving into Shape of Water, I I speaking of uh, the the Michael Shannon character in Shape of Water. I like the way everyone in this movie is uh stylized maybe. Everyone's a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, it's a Del Toro film, Yes. Yeah. So you know
1: he's going to have like almost a fairy tale element to it. Definitely, yes. Um, so yeah, everything is heightened. Yeah. Um he's, and, he's it,
2: very much a fairy tale villain.
1: Yes, very. Yeah, he, he is very much like the villain in, um, Christ, Pan's Labyrinth.
2: Yeah, which where I also like, have not seen.
1: Where you're like that. Oh
2: man, watch know, that. Where you're just
1: like that guy is just straight fucking evil. And that's his character, and that's fine. Yeah, he doesn't have to have multiple dimensions for this, because his plot point is to be awful.
2: Well, although there is the uh, the other side of it is the given the time period, his position, what he looks like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he is the ideal, and he thinks he is the ideal American man. And he is looked at he's that way. government agent, man. Yeah, he yes. is looked at that way by everyone. He is idolized by his kids. His wife is there to mm-hmm. make him happy at every...
1: Yeah, he has an idealistic life.
2: Yeah. And so, he, he, yeah, that's the other thing. He's been given no reason to believe that he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's been given every reason. This is the first time he's ever in his life failed, is when... They, he loses the asset yeah. is his first failure ever and he's not sure quite to do it, but he's pretty pissed off about it he doesn't know what to do about it and the automatic assumption is that this had to have been high to, in order to get one over on me
3: mm-hmm.
2: this had to have been highly trained foreign agents yep. and not just a mute and an artist <laughs> that happened to live next to each other uh Yeah, that
1: fucking that that break that jailbreak scene
2: is <laughs> It's also you're just like, Oh my god, you guys just it's it's hard it's hard to watch in a way, in another way it's just like my god you guys are so bad at this. And it's Damn. still I
1: still have to, I've only watched that once. Yep. I've only watched it in the theater. And I watched it the same like I did a double feature of that and Phantom Thread. Paul Thomas Anderson's film.
2: Well, you were going all out on the yeah. Oscar... Uh... Yeah. And I watched
1: Phantom Phantom Thread second, and I feel like that kind of stole some of the thunder.
2: Is Phantom Thread better?
1: I liked it better.
2: Really? I did. Um, but
1: again, it's fucking Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. It's hard not to be taken in by that movie. I w- y- y- if I had watched him in the reverse order, I might feel the other way. And I have yet to revisit each film since then. So...
2: I feel like uh, Phantom Thread was like a bet. Like, I bet you guys can't win an Oscar. Like, pick a... So they gave someone, the person making the bet, pick a topic, I will win an Oscar. All yeah. right, you're a
1: dressmaker. <laughs> yeah. Shit. You're a dressmaker that's terrible to yeah.
2: women. I'll take the Deal. Bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One year later.
1: <laughs> and, and surprise, surprise, Daniel Day-Lewis learned how yeah. to make dresses. Yeah.
2: Uh...
1: <laughs> that dude would be very successful in like the 1800s. <laughs> Oh, been he pretty, knows.
2: How, he's been he, pretty successful now. Well, yes, but he knows how to cobble shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, I get. He the same, knows yeah. how to live in like an off the grid house. He could go back in time and be fine. He
1: literally knows how to build a house thanks to yeah. the fucking crucible because he helped. Sh- he showed up months early to help make the sets. Of course he did. um Yeah, he he learned shit from fucking gangs in New York. Yep. He, oh yeah,
2: he learned to be a butcher, didn't yeah. he? And he yeah. knows
1: how to box thanks to the boxer. Yeah. He would have been... Yeah, you can just put... Like, most of us, if you put us back in the 1800s, we're fucked. Daniel day Lewis is like, well, I got a choice of professions. Which one should I do? Can he paint with his He can paint with his feet. He can paint with his feet, Yeah, thanks to my left foot. Yeah, so. he learned how to do that. I do not want to know what he learned to do in, for, in the name of the father. Uh, I bet that dude knows how to make fucking bombs.
2: Speaking of other things that are on my to rewatch list, lists, uh, and it'll be the first time since the first... It'll be... My first ever rewatch of it is an, another one that we talk about all the time that I'll never forget. is There Will Be Blood.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Christ, yeah. Probably how knows beat, how to fucking oil drill.
2: And beat people to death with bowling pins. <laughs> uh, if I've learned one thing
3: <laughs>
1: speaking, on the, speaking on the of, set
2: of this movie.
1: Speaking of bowling pins. One of the things that gets thrown at... I, I, I always come back to the South Park joke about, you know, if you just want to make an art film, it's just about gay cowboys eating pudding. Yep. Um it's one of those things where it's just like an art house film there's so much you can make fun of art house films for. But the Criterion Channel just got uh, it's it's a it's a new documentary. It's an 8-hour documentary about a shift at a bowling alley. And it literally just documents an 8-hour shift at a bowling alley in real time. Huh. And I'm like that is the most obsessive film snob nerd thing I've ever seen like hmm I bet there's an interesting story to tell because I bet weird shit happens at bowling alleys especially now where no one ever fucking goes to them except
2: for the people who always go to them do you think that yeah I'm sure there yeah there's there's like every time when I lived bowling. in Brewer and
1: I drove by the, bang, the, the Brewer lanes there it was probably the same eight cars there probably every time yeah Um, So I bet there are stories to tell there. With
2: the occasional family of four that comes and is doing it for the one time a year and they annoy the regulars. Yeah. Because they're not doing things right. Or the
1: drunk teens
2: that show up
1: one night just because. But yeah, I don't think if I, I don't, because
2: Andrew's like, you're going to watch it? I'm like, no. No. I can't watch an eight hour movie about a fucking bowling alley. I wonder if they recorded a bunch of different days. and just Which one was the most interesting? And then found the most interesting one and then cut that together. I, I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. Mm. Yeah, that just the bowling pin reminded me of that. That 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 type of film exists. Uh, overall, Shape of Water was really good. I, yeah. liked, it. I it's, liked it. There's it. a reason it won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, I, there are. I guess I'll put it this way: there are better movies from around the same time that didn't win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily from the same year, but because uh, that is in that 2015-16 time yeah. period, right? And part of me feels like, I mean, a lot of
1: good movies came out that year, the yeah. aforementioned Phantom Thread. Um, I feel like almost that was a makeup Oscar. Yeah. Because honestly, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth should have
0: won. Yeah, It
1: won it, it. won the best foreign film Oscar the year it came out, but it should have won the best picture that
2: year. Right. It's weird, uh, and we that happens in all, mm-hmm. in music and that's why awards are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that being said,
1: uh my last two watches were both are both going to be nominated some, in some form or another for Oscars this year. Yeah, I
2: saw you that I figured that's uh, what you were do. I doing. will not
1: talk mo- much about them cuz um you need to see them. Yeah. Uh Nomadland especially.
2: Yeah. Um, that's on Hulu, right?
1: What a Yeah, it, it premiered on Hulu yesterday. Yeah. Uh no, Friday. What a brilliant piece of filmmaking that is. It's it's one of those movies going to kick you in the teeth a lot. Terrific. But also make you feel kind of good. If Frances McDormand doesn't win another Oscar, I'm going to be stunned. She's on screen for 99% of this movie. Uh, It's it's her film. She carries it completely. Um, And one of the most interesting aspects of it is
2: there are very few actual actors in this movie. I noticed when I watched because I watched the trailer, mm-hmm. and like I, w- I it's was like, like her and
1: David Strathern are I the only like, real
2: actors in. Who this are film. these other people? Yeah, like because I was looking because you always see in movies like this, there's a Dale Dickey or something. Yeah,
1: and there are. She would have been right at home in this oh, yeah, movie. Of course, that's Man. why that's why We're playing any numerous any number of characters in this. But it's mostly her and David Strathern are the only real actors, and yep. the other the rest of the film is people who are real life nomads, the ones that live in their vans or Winnebago's and just, I mean, the main, the main story is she was married. Uh, her husband worked at a factory in this town called empire. I think it was in Nevada or somewhere near there. Uh, and when the factory closed, the town slowly died so much that I mean, this is all in the opening opening, not screen crawl. It's not star Wars, but in the opening, you know, scenes,
2: that would be dope though. Um, it had makes big, it seem more exciting. A big John Williams score. <laughs> uh, but what? yeah,
1: when... when the, Francis's husband used um, to work... Eventually the town died, and so much that they lost their zip code. Yeah, like They cool. stopped being a town, and her husband dies of cancer. So she still sticks around longer than she probably should have in the town. But then the rest of the movie is her living in her van and going from like... She works at an Amazon center... When they hire for like the holiday season, yeah, she works at a summer campground. She, you know, she, she's got a bunch of odd jobs, but her her life is pretty fucking lonely. Yeah, uh, she she does make a few other friends um, along the way, and apparently a lot of these people, their stories are real. Yeah, like the stories they tell in the movie to her, because just a lot of the movie, is just her meeting new people and learning their stories and. I guess a lot of these people, these stories, are their real stories, which makes it feel almost documentary at times. Yeah, ah, but
2: it's fucking well. That's kind of how shot. it's presented. It yeah. looks like that's that's what it looks like. Yeah, um, but it, it's it's extremely powerful. It was so good.
1: Um, it, it's one of those films that sticks with you when you're done watching it for a while, um, and it made Andrew go, "We should travel out west." And I was like. I'm with you because it makes a lot of it look very interesting, but I'm like, we're yeah. not living in a van. No. Because <laughs> it also, you know, what happens if you're living in a van and something goes seriously wrong with that van? What is right. your backup? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is the type of thing where, like, she gets chastised. Like, she learns how to, at one point, fix a flat tire, but then still gets a flat tire, and is kind of stuck, and if this one other person hadn't still been around, she would have been fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, the woman chastisers, like, you could die, you know, right. you could be stuck somewhere, it's, it's gonna get cold, right? You, you could have been stuck here, and you would die. Uh, so, it presents, it's not all romance, you know, it doesn't, this is not necessarily, like, an. it's also, it reminds me a lot of Into the Wild, where you're like, oh, this would be really cool.
2: At the same point, if you fuck up, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so this maybe be, not. This would be really cool if you could guarantee yeah. that nothing would go uh, wrong. Yeah. I was like,
1: okay, if we do this, we're making sure we have AAA yeah. and a variety right.
2: of cell phones. Right. Uh, the second one you watched last night, yeah. I actually, if I'd gotten up a little bit sooner, because I was like doing the math in my head, like by the time I got up and I was going to watch it this morning, because uh, I don't think Robin will care. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm introducing your movie for you, yeah. but you oh, watch Judas <laughs> and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has more urgency because it's gone if you don't watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the HBO Max. You have 31... To, yeah. like, did anyone really care when Wonder
1: Woman disappeared?
2: Well, like that? I let... Well, we talked about this. We <laughs> talked about how it was pretty cool. On one hand, it's terrible. On the other hand, it's really cool that these new movies are getting put on HBO like immediately. But they're all... Uh, you know they're they're for a limited time and then they're gone and they'll come back. But uh, also, we were commenting they were kind of over two. And no one, no one's gonna miss the little things anytime. Is soon. Is it already gone? Do I need to take that off my watch list? I, I don't still think it's even gone yet. I
1: don't think it's gone yet, but it, probably within a week or so it will
2: be. Yeah, because I can't. I don't know if it's. I think they overlap. Mm-hmm. I so yeah. they're on for an extra month. You know, mm-hmm. with the new one, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I probably... Yeah. I don't know if I'll get to it. Uh, you definitely need to get to Judah and the Black, Judas and the Black
1: Messiah. Though. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, it tells the story of Fred Hampton, the Black Panther, uh, and how basically the U.S. government plotted to murder him. And did. And did. <laughs> yeah, they straight up did. And it does not shy away from that actual murder. It's pretty fucking brutal. Uh, but the main character of the film is played by Lakeith Stanfield, who... Gets, he's awesome. He's uh, he's just amazing in everything he yeah. is. Uh, but he he gets busted early in the film trying to steal a car and is a very inventive way he tried to do it. He had a fake FBI badge.
3: Yeah.
1: So he basically walks into a bar and tries to steal a guy's car by saying it was reported stolen. And pretty much gets away with it until he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, at that point, it's like okay. Well, not only are you going to jail for the stealing the car, you impersonated a federal agent, which is a bigger boo boo. Yeah, which means you, you would have gotten eighteen months for the car. You're you're getting five years. Right. Um, and the federal agent who bust him is played by uh... Jesus I'm Benedict free... Wong. <laughs> no, discount Matt Damon, um, Landry, Oh Jesse Plemons. Yeah, uh, and he's awesome. But it shows the way that the U.S. government at that point could just fuck with people's lives. Yeah. Um, holds it over his head that you could be going to jail. So they send him to basically infiltrate the Black Panther Party. And if, once he's in the Black... Pa- at first he sees it just like... They're like, okay, you get him sent to jail. We'll let you go. Yeah. Well, he does that. They don't let him go. They want him to do worse and worse things. Classic
2: carrot stick yeah. And behavior. It, yeah,
1: and it keeps moving. Um. And what it does to that character, because he legitimately starts to believe in what the Black Panther Party is doing. Right. And sees that, because, I mean, the government tried to undermine the Black Panthers at every fucking step. There's a great scene where they go to meet with another um, gang, for lack of a better word, organization in Chicago, and the other organization is pissed because of the literature that the Black Panthers have been passing out. Only they didn't. The government, oh. the government did. Yeah. Uh, to basically make one organization hate the other, so they fight each other and kill each other,
2: and then right. they don't have to do it. Um, Martin A Sheen. Strategy pla- they uh, took to the max in uh, the eighties and nineties with the war on drugs. Yes, I mean, well, it started with Martin Luther King and yeah.
1: Malcolm X, and um, uh, geez. Martin Sheen plays the head of the. They FBI. really
2: kicked it in with "Just Say No." <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. Remember that shit that worked in the 60s? It's really gonna work now. Yeah. Um,
1: Jesus Christ, I'm forget Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, Martin Sheen. I was like, I'm trying to remember the name of the fucking head of the FBI. Martin Sheen plays uh, J. Edgar DiCaprio. Hoover. Leonardo that's, DiCaprio. That, that's sadly what kept popping into my head. <laughs> it was? Yeah, so like, oh, you know, Martin Sheen plays Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um.
1: I never watched that either. I haven't either. J. Edgar? I, sh- I probably should. It's a, fucking Clint Eastwood got, film. He got nominated for it, right? Oh, yeah. He got it, a that, bunch of nominations. That was,
2: that was one of his non-wins. Uh,
1: but, yeah, it, it's a great movie. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is f- fucking impressive as yeah. Fred Hampton. Um, this is one of the movies, again, it's it just makes me mad how much we weren't taught in high school.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, do you ever remember the Black Panther Party no. being mentioned as a part of American history? I don't. No. I sure as fuck don't. Um... We, I remember we learned about Martin Luther
2: King, barely.
1: But the, we we never the went
2: sunshine and roses. Yeah, it was holding oh, yeah. hands across a bridge version. Yeah, and, and not what happened. Not the they other were side. Con- not,
1: they were continually arrested. Right. They were murdered all the time. Um, you never learned the names of any bit players in that. Uh, we definitely didn't learn about Mal- Malcolm X other than the Spike Lee film. Right. Um, our American history in Milo was very fucking.
3: Well, and I don't, think it's, I don't uh, yeah, think it's Milo. No, it was
1: everywhere. And, yeah. Uh, so it it kind of pisses me off to learn this stuff now. Like I I knew more about Fred Hampton. I knew he was murdered by the FBI. I didn't know this extent yeah. of what the FBI was doing. Like just straight up plotting a murder. Not an, oh, we got lucky and during a raid someone shot him. It was, yeah. no, we
2: planned a murder. And you get some, it, it is, it's, It's fascinating that, I mean, this is a much more, uh, you know, this is the event, Um, but it's amazing how much this is just out there in like a trial of Chicago Mm seven in popular culture. And there isn't even like a big pushback from the government saying, oh, that's not true. They don't say anything, which to me is just like,
1: yeah, oh it's a
2: straight up admission of guilt. (laughs) Yeah, we did that. Yeah. What of it? I mean... What are you going to do? Maybe I should
1: watch... Maybe we should watch J. Edgar Hoover to see how much that addresses just what an evil fucking human being he was. I
2: think so, because I think that was kind of the point of that movie, was that he was not a good person. No. Not a good dude. Um, He was the wrong type of person to be head of the fucking FBI. And given a lifetime appointment... Yeah. uh, That was... That was the... Yeah. (laughs) Let's not do that again. Yikes. (laughs) We have not. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I, I, that is on my list. I, I almost watched it this morning. I probably could have, but I fuck around so much that <laughs> I have to add like 30 minutes to any runtime um, when, when I'm when i doing the math on whether or not I could squeeze it in. Uh, I, wa- I specifically watched Dread last night because it was 96 minutes, and I started it at 10. I finished it at like 2.05, so that's how much I will pause and then fuck around hmm. for two hours. Jay Edgar is not currently streaming anywhere. I bet you can get it for $2. And I guarantee that's that's prime $2 material. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know if I care. I don't know if I care enough to watch that. That can be something you watch. <laughs> All right. That's something. Isn't it I'll pretty watch. it's gotta be long. Oh, I'm sure. That feels like at least two and a half two, hours. I was gonna say
1: two forty. 137 minutes. So 217. Not yeah. bad, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm way more. Ooh, that one's ninety minutes. Let's watch that. Yeah, fuck yeah. I
2: I, I love that you can sort your lists by <laughs> yeah. by uh, length of movie because that determines on a lot app, of times. On, of the <laughs> on the app of the year, on the app of the year, Letterbox. Uh, what was it that film length shortest first? Yeah. Uh, it's why downfall is always at the bottom. Cause it's like two hours and <laughs> like forty minutes, like fuck. Because I do, I do really want to watch it, and it is on a couple of those, uh, you know, top two hundred fifty lists and stuff like that that I'm trying to arbitrarily fill like fucking trophy things in a video game. Um, that's what led me to do the I'm the, all those things was like you look at the IMDb or no the the Box Office Mojo list, which is just the top one hundred uh, box office movies I'm like have to have seen most of those and I have it's like 76% but it's surprising that there are movies in the top 100 box office that I haven't seen but there are definitely there definitely are and I'm definitely not gonna watch them oh yeah uh there's some real shit in there uh that I just you can't believe made that much money and I'm never gonna waste two hours of my life watching um other than those ones I, I had a we did have a, a mutual well, we only had one mutual watch um On the rewatch list, I rewatched Alien, and what we had talked about was Mm true. I talked about how I hadn't rewatched it since I was probably 13 years old, because when I watched it when I was 13 years old, I had watched it after Aliens, and it was the boring one. Yeah. It is still the boring one, (laughs) but I think it's the better one. Oh, yeah. Um, It's the better film, but I don't rewatch it nearly as often as Aliens. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's uh, on one hand, it's very clearly made in the '70s, and the effects are terrible. But on the other hand, the effects are awesome. Yeah, it's weird that way. Um, It's very much of its time in that way, but it's still very enjoyable. Still, Um, I rewatched Zodiac. Uh, cuz Rob, Robin had seen Andrew and I
1: are actually going to be watching Zodiac tonight. You are? Cuz I mentioned uh, you watch that and we'd recently watched like a Watch Mojo thing or something yep. about it and
3: she's like let's watch that.
1: So yeah. I'm like all
2: right. <laughs> well, that's another example of a movie I didn't like the first time. Not that I didn't like it. I don't mm-hmm. think I was paying close enough attention to yeah. it. Um, cuz again, it's in that time period of where I probably watched it at work. Uh so I, re- I we talked about it when I rewatched it about a year ago. Uh, And then Robin had never seen it, so we watched it this week. Um, Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. Completely. Although mostly just the stars. It really doesn't extend too far below uh, the obvious three Mm -hmm. stars of the movie that are all major Marvel players. Well, I guess two are major Marvel players. Although,
1: oddly enough, both this week we watched a movie with, with cast members from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Huh. Cause I watched Mona Lisa, which has Bob Hoskins who played Eddie, and Charles Fleischer who played Roger Rabbit is in Zodiac. What? He's the man in the basement.
2: Yes. That's fucking the voice of Who Framed of Roger Rabbit. I could have gone my whole life without knowing <laughs> that. Uh, interesting, what? I guess. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: The film guy, the yeah. the one who's like really fucking creepy, who's like yeah, when he's okay. like when, he, when Jake Gyllenhaal hears it and he's upstairs, he's like, "There's nothing going on upstairs." Yeah,
2: do you want to go up and check? Kind of. <laughs> Fucking psycho I do. Yeah.
1: Such uh, a creepy role. That movie's
2: really good. Uh we already talked about that we I rewatched The Martian, uh rewatched The Revenant. That was part of my 5-star February thing mm. that I was doing for a couple days. <laughs> um and then I rewatched Leave No Trace. Uh which was which started the the 5-star February because I had watched uh Galveston and we discussed how his character in Galveston and his character Ben Foster I'm talking about and his character and leave no trace are very, very different, but you could see how the same guy could end up there. Yeah. Uh, also, Marvel movie guy. Which one? Which he was, he was Angel in the
1: first X Men. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> so, right, right, right. I, I was, thinking, but, I was know, thinking.
2: Someone else. If you're in gonna leave hire, no trace?
1: if you're gonna hire Ben Foster, why would you have him be the prettiest boy in the movie? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not his wheelhouse. No. Uh.
2: Yeah, I was trying. I was thinking that someone else in Leave No Trace was in a Marvel movie. I was like, "Who the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> was it was it Dale Dickey? Uh, oh, we need Dale
1: Dickey in a Marvel movie. I don't know his what. I don't know what what doesn't matter? No, put her something. What would she be? If it wasn't already Catherine Hunt, I'd have her <laughs> be Agatha Harkness in One division.
2: She'd be a great Aunt May. Oh, she would be an Aunt May that doesn't give a fuck about your <laughs> <Yeah>. spider manning <laughs> yeah who could also make
1: you some pretty mean wheat cakes
2: <laughs> yeah yeah ah, well <laughs> things that'll happen in, a, in an alternate universe speaking of one division uh one two episodes left things are going nice it was uh you know it was uh they were they kind of made fun of it on uh spoils for one real quick um on the Mr. Sunday movies recap of, cause they do one every week for mm-hmm. the Disney shows was that it was the, the twist that everyone like, yeah, we know yeah. it's kind of like Khan and in, in the into darkness, yeah. Star Trek movie it's Like, yeah, we know. I,
1: I'm actually a little bit disappointed. Not that it's Agatha Harkness. Cause we knew yeah. it would be, I just, I wanted it to be Wanda is still kind of the villain. Yeah. Me too. This is like, did oh, we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is, with this revelation that Agatha was kind of behind it. Right. It's like... I, it
2: takes some of that away. Yeah,
1: I want Agatha to be affected by it, not taking advantage of it. Yeah. I, I want... Yeah, because... I actually read it... Oh, I can't remember who put it out, but it was a great article about how come women don't get to be this type of character? Like, the architects of their own doom. Yeah. Men have... You know, we've had our Walter Whites. We've had right. our um, fucking Mad Men's. We've had our Tony Sopranos. Oh, this is this would have been a good chance for the a woman to finally be that kind of character where it's like right. no she's no she's the fucking villain, she yeah she tries to do well from time to time but fucks it up and more often than not makes the wrong bad choice yeah it
2: makes things worse
1: and it's like if this is just all well nope it's been Agatha all along kind of pulling her strings and that kind of takes away from that a little bit and, and that it, doesn't
2: that's not as interesting to me even uh, just from a more. Marvel level, what we had talked about in the past was that she, other than her very early, you know, the first half of, uh, and in Marvel timelines, half a movie is of the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. You know, because they draw, these people have long arcs over all these movies. Hers was, she was only a baddie until she, oh, wait, we're the baddies? Oh, I'm going to be good now. Yeah. So it was almost like she never had that in her when canonically she's way more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not always the good guy. She's not always no, and, on, and she, she's not always an Avenger. No, and she has the potential to be a
1: massive supervillain.
2: Yeah. And so it, it takes some of that bite away from mm-hmm. that side of the character because we were both kind of happy that they were finally, she's not just a good guy all the time. And they are addressing that, where did your accent go? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. I also think that there is still... There's still a chance that there's an even bigger, that there's a Oh, Mephisto. I'm sure. Um, I mean, they
1: could still have it be, no, one has been in charge all along. Yeah. Magath- uh, just think she is. Yeah.
2: Which I, I'm hoping for, but
1: again, only two episodes to go right now, so right. I'm wondering what will happen. Still wonderful. Still, it, yep. Disney did a great job with their... I mean, this is the first Marvel show. They nailed it.
2: Yeah, and... Uh, the, another thing they pointed out in the Mr. Shiny movies thing is that uh, they were speaking specifically of Darcy. Because the last time we see Darcy was uh, the Dark World. Mm-hmm. That's the last time we've seen her. And you think of everything that's happened Marvel-wise since then.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that would be before Ultron. Yeah. So everything that's happened up until then, they were saying, if you just watch Thor the Dark World... Yeah. And then jump right to this, you'd have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck is going on <laughs> mm-hmm. since we last saw Darcy? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's it is pretty bananas that they're and and they were kind of lamenting on that that Marvel has done all the legwork and put out all the movies to earn this, and then uh, in a subsequent in their actual the the proper podcast uh, from last week was. They just kind of went over a bunch of Justice League characters and they kept saying over and over again, if they hadn't been fucking around these last 10 years, they could have, we could be getting these weird DC Justice League characters. That being said though, the, the
1: newest trailer for the Snyder Cut looks pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, I had that. That was actually, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm stunned with, I'm like, that's actually pretty fucking compelling looking. Doesn't mean it's going to translate well to the movie, but I'm it, gonna it, watch it. Oh yeah, I was gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. But I'm like, at least it's like that
2: looks that looks very good. There is and this is also this is meaningless in our uh streaming, watch it in whatever whenever we want ways, but it is cool. They've put an intermission in it. Yeah. There's a ten minute intermission in the middle of the Justice well, it's League. It's gonna be fucking four it's hours. Four hours long. Um, I'll definitely watch I've actually, that. In and I've actually been
1: meaning to, like, probably in the next week or so, I'll go back and rewatch Justice League.
2: I don't think I'm I not... have it in me because <sighs> yeah. I thought about that. I thought about that, but I'm like, I can't rewatch it and then sit down and watch a four-hour version of it. Well, that's why
1: I'm going to do it sooner rather than later because it's you April. Only gotta,
2: no, it's next month. It's Is like it March?
1: Mar- it's like March nineteenth. Jesus, something. I got to do it this week then if I'm going to do it.
2: Hey Google. When does the Justice League Snyder cut come out on HBO? I think it's the 12th. March 18th. 18th.
0: On the website for the yeah, they yeah. say, Zack Snyder's Justice hey, League at HBO Max.
2: Stop. Okay, so yeah, I've, I've got to do it in the next couple days. You have like if I'm three, you've got it. like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can't do it. I own it,
1: right? I must have bought it. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I know I own it. because it was.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we bought it together as like one of the Black Friday deals. Those are animated. Uh, oh, which, oh, yeah. by the way, the newest Batman
2: is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I gotta watch that. It's so good. Oh my god, I loved it. Um. Oh, speaking. Of, yeah, when I, I was talking earlier about how I started adding movies that I've watched to the uh, to my letterbox, even though there weren't diary entries, um, it has totally screwed up my because the same guy directs all those DC animated oh, yeah. movies. So yeah. I've got like twenty four credits from that one Jay Oliva or whatever his name is. <laughs> Uh, that directs all those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's him and one other guy, and it's like 15 of one and nine of the other, or something like that. Um, was there. Okay, so there wasn't a. I'm thinking of BVS that there was an extended edition of. Yeah, there has not been of Justice so League. So this is just. There's there's only the two hour cut of Justice League.
3: Yeah.
2: Man, it feels so much longer. Yes, it does. Doesn't it?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can't do it. I'm not going to watch that. Again. You know <laughs> what I might do? Though? I'll take the bullet
1: for us. You know what I might do? I might watch the extended cut. I
2: might movie. watch the extended BVS before watching the Snyder Cut. That would make more sense to me.
1: Oh, dear God. Why, why do I do this to myself? I'm, not, I'm, I now thi- I'm now thinking, like, you know what? Don't watch both. Oh, no. I'm thinking one up from that.
2: You're thinking Man of Steel.
1: I am thinking watch it because like, there will be one day this week where I don't
2: have anything I need to do. It would make sense for my maybe I could shenanathon. W-
1: maybe I could watch a Man of Steel BVS Justice League triple feature
2: I'll watch holy fuck why am I doing that why am I even
1: contemplating doing that to myself
2: I will watch Man of Steel and extended BVS leading into Snyder Cut (laughs) I'm not gonna watch Justice League again cause I will I am higher on both of those two than I think the consensus yeah I think I like Man of Steel more than the consensus I like Man of
1: Steel a lot I just have issues with how you know Papa dies
2: yeah I definitely like BVS more than most people mm-hmm. and I don't like BVS but people fucking hate BVS oh the tomato meter is 28 yes 28% uh, but a a ton of the issues that I had with the theatrical and I know that you this isn't right and it's dumb and it shouldn't be this way but it is this way and a lot of the problems I had with the theatrical cut are answered in the extended cut that is not mm-hmm. an excuse yeah. and it's not forgiving the movie because a movie should make fucking sense the first time you cut it. Yeah. It doesn't. It sucks. Move on. Mm-hmm. It those Most of those questions are, are answered for better or worse. Again, not defending it in the extended version. It still has an all-timer terrible ending. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yep. But up until that point, it's pretty good.
1: It has moments, that's for sure.
2: You know, Scoot McNary's doing his best work. <laughs> Uh oh yeah. It's it's you always uh, forget Holly Hunter's in it. Yes. I and oh that whole thing is the jar the, the piss tea thing is mm-hmm. also just like dumb and Lex Luthor is bananas dumb. Yeah, they made a bad choice I'm not making a very good case for BVS. No. It's better than And it's I like Jesse
1: Eisenberg. I think he could be a good Lex. He's just not. That is not a That's good Lex That's not it. He's
2: being the Riddler or some fucking thing, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there still isn't really a good live-action Lex.
1: No, Yeah, because even, like, the beloved Gene Hackman Lex He is was an not, idiot. He was
2: not a good Lex. No, because he's a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. He was just a little bit smarter than the idiots yeah. that he surrounded himself we with. N-
1: we need fucking Clancy Brown yes. from Superman the Animated Series. Uh and oddly enough, as much as as much as Smallville got shit on from time to time, fucking um Michael Rosenbaum's version of Lex was a damn good Lex. Yeah,
2: he really was. I I, I was not a Smallville person, but I know a lot of people's favorite Lex is yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean
1: Smallville, like most. WB stuff.
2: Yeah. Had some really good episodes and
1: had a lot of weeks that were just fucking terrible. Terrible. But filler, if you, if shit. you took out like the best three episodes from every season, yep. you've got like a really good 30 episodes there.
2: Yeah.
3: That,
1: that should have been were ten, 10 seasons years. of that show. Holy
2: fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad that the consensus, I think, top two Lexes are from a CW show and the animated yeah, version. Yeah, fucking cartoon. And it's not close. No, not even. And there have been how many now? Major budget mm-hmm. three, anyway. Yeah. Three big name actors. Well, three actors Kevin, that have Kevin, all. Kevin
1: Spacey. Three yeah.
2: actors that have all won an Oscar. Yeah, right. Does Jesse Eisenberg? He was know? nominated. He didn't win, but he was nominated for. for he should have probably. won. The other two have won. Yeah. The other two have Oscars. Yep. Gene Hackman must for have won for something. Yeah. He that's won right. for Unforgiven, best supporting. Right. Yeah. Uh, but man. Uh, that's another one I do. I feel like I, I've never rewatched Returns ever. I've seen it once.
1: I've seen it a couple times.
2: I, I again, I liked
1: it, but again, I get what Brian Singer. Again, first of all, fuck Brian Singer. Yeah,
2: that's uh, another that's another difficulty in going back to that yeah. one.
1: Um, I I get what he was going for, but it there's you, if you can't have Superman without there being some action, yeah, you can't.
2: Yeah, this is the famously the Superman movie where Superman doesn't punch anything. Yeah, the and entire I time
1: barely does any aggressive acts at all.
2: It's just how in it's mostly about how invulnerable he is. Where mm-hmm. you know you get the, there's the cool, there's the trailer bullet to the eyeball yeah, shot, which again, and
1: fucking all time great yeah. fucking Superman scene, and the the catching of the plane, yeah, and bringing
2: it down to Earth, which the physics of which are still baffling. Yeah, it still looked cool. Yeah, it looked very cool. But again, it all oh, just
1: comes back down to a fucking Lex Luthor's big plan is land. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. It it was it was too slavish to the fucking first to the Richard Donner Superman.
2: Yeah, way too slavish. Well, yeah, and I, I I can't remember what it was being discussed on, but that was kind of the thing was that it's a it's a spiritual sequel to those, and it's it, seemingly it's seemingly still in that universe, but it's also but,
1: a spiritual blowjob to yeah. those films, which yeah you don't need.
2: Yeah, he should have.
1: And again, also had Superman as being a deadbeat dad.
2: They're going through, I don't know if you've watched any of them, they are, they're going through the, uh, the, the Reeve Supermans in Caravan of Garbage. Oh God. And I, I am
1: not, but I, I kind of want to when they, they get, just,
2: especially when they get to three, they just did two. The one for two is this week's. It's pretty good. Um, but they talk a lot about, and I had forgotten that cause two is looked at as the Superman movie, like the good yeah. one. Um,
1: Depends on which cut now you watch, too. I know. Because there is a straight-up Donner cut now. Right.
2: Uh, which I have not seen the Donner cut. I own it. It's enjoyable. Uh, it's, uh,
1: maybe I should add that to But mind. at the time, I couldn't remember, because it had been so long since I'd watched Superman 2. Like, we're talking, like, since as a kid on HBO, sure. I did not watch Superman 2. So I couldn't remember really what was different.
2: There were a couple right. things that were definitely like, oh, that's different, but there wasn't enough. I actually, I actually don't have anything but the Donner Cut. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think there's another version. Yeah, I have only the Donner Cut. Is it longer and there's more stuff, or is there just added stuff?
1: It's longer, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did that make sense the way I asked it? Yes. Okay. For, for me, <laughs> did it you did under- anyway. Did you understand what I was saying? Uh, is it longer, or is there just added stuff? <laughs> well, both of those things are true. That's the same thing you've just said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is funny, it's also very true, the The tagline on it is the version you have never seen, that is actually true for me, I have never seen this version. Uh, the original Superman 2
1: is, oh, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me, an hour, uh, an hour and 56, and this the is Donner's the two hours and two hours seven, and two minutes, oh, so that's two, two hours and seven minutes here, fucking lying. Lion. Actually, neither of the runtimes listed on IMDb match that.
2: Really? Because one
1: is two a, hours and seven minutes, I've and the a, other is one hours and fifty six minutes. I have a special
2: donor cut. You apparently do. Uh, I also have Superman Returns because I bought these in a Superman pack. I think it was when Man of Steel came out. They mm-hmm. had all of the previous. Uh, although, oh yeah, Quest for Peace. I own Quest for Peace. Do you want to rewatch Quest for Peace? That's oh, with the God. nuclear man. It is only ninety minutes. That <laughs> I movie's mean, really bad. Yep. Uh, I think yeah, it was like twenty bucks for all five of them. I think when I would have bought them. Yeah, I have like a, man a DV- like a special DVD box set
1: that was like, came in like a tin. That's what
2: something. I have. Yes, I bought that and just did and just converted yeah. to head digitals. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it was. And yeah, it, I've never
1: upgraded any of those to blue. Yeah.
2: Same with the Batman's. I just have the box set of the DVDs. I've never upgraded any of those to blue. For some reason, my Superman is UHD, which is really weird. Sometimes just movies just are. Yeah, I, they, I didn't they buy them, them that they way. Them for you, but it's weird because none of the other ones are, and I bought them all together. Yeah, this was a box. This was a set, like you said. It came in a uh, the slightly thicker Blu-ray case mm-hmm. and had the little flippy pages in it. Yep. Uh but yeah, looking at it right now, I one of them is in 4K, and the rest of them are in 1080. That's weird. What's Man of Steel? Man of Steel is HDX. It's so... I've got a UHD Shazam, though. But that would, I would have bought the 4K mm-hmm. Blu-ray for that. Yeah, I think there's another one we bought together. Yeah, I think so, too. Because yeah, I have the 4K of that. Same thing with Aquaman. <laughs> there's no other reason for me to have a I couldn't have paid more yep. than $3 for Aquaman. There's no way. Yeah, I think it was I think we bought, bought for three ninety nine. <laughs> and something. I've never watched it. I haven't. Either. Again, uh, one day I might get it. Maybe when the next
1: one comes out, I'll be like, I'll go and rewatch that before it comes out. Oof, that
2: is long. Holy shit! The extended cut of BVS is three hours. Good grief. Uh, so anyway, to uh, the last thing that we did both watch was Booksmart yes that was a fun movie i that, really
1: enjoyed that that
2: was more of a movie than i was expecting
1: yeah i expected like, it to had, be like
2: it had choices yeah i expected it to be more of a teenage super bad like super bad yes but with
1: girls yes and it's
2: not it, but it is but it is but, but it's not but it's not <laughs> uh i would i don't know if There's if there's a lot more to it <laughs> i think it's the best in its genre oh i i would think it's it's if definitely you, in that discussion, yes. If you count it in those super bad mm-hmm. style um I can't remember the scene that I'm thinking of that I was like, "Oh, this is different." There is uh the scene when they're high is obviously is pretty cool when they uh <laughs> that whole thing, but there was something else. There was another scene in it that was like this is not just a Oh, I just, my favorite this scene. This is a movie.
1: My favorite scene in it is when it's at the party and she's telling off all the all other classmates, well, you know, I'm going to. Oh, yeah. And I'll see you when whenever, wherever you guys go. And they're like, I'm going there too. I got into. Yeah, it's Yale. Yeah. Because the, the, all the class agreed not to talk about what, so they got, so no one felt left out. Right. Which is a very millennial sounding thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's like, well, I'm going to Yale. But and yeah, one of the burnouts is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Yale. How about you? And then, like, the biggest burnout is like, well, oh, I got, I'm getting six figures to go work.
2: Yeah. To go code, it's not, not code going, for Google. Right. Not going to college at all because he already got a six figure offer from Google.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you're, and, and her realization
2: that, well, fuck. <laughs> I've wasted this time.
1: Yeah. Which, Jesus, you know, who, everybody can relate to that yeah. in some way or another. Because, again, so much fucking importance is put on you in high school that you must get the good grades to get into the good college. And there's actually a, t- a tweet this week from one of the guys who helped land the fucking thing on Mars, mm-hmm. where his first, you know, his he, he had a two five in college, yeah. his first semester or whatever, and he's like, you know, it's more important. It's not. It's more important that you stick with it, not what you get. At first.
2: Yeah. And yeah, you can't you can't uh, get to the end of high school and get uh, line up all these things and be like, okay, I did it. Mm-hmm. That's you're just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more about what you do after than anything that you've ever done in high yeah, school. Yeah, because
1: the guy who retweeted it is um, Alex Irvine, yep. who was a, a, a UMaine professor for the long for a long time. He he taught English at UMaine. But he's also he's also a, a published writer. Like mm-hmm. he's written probably ten books. He's written he writes for Marvel games, like especially all the like the app based ones. Oh sure, he's yeah. written all of those. Huh. Um, he wrote tie in novels for Supernatural, and he tweeted that like his cumulative for his four years in college was a two five. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's like you know don't do what you like and just be good at that. You know, and you'll, you'll find your, you'll find, if you keep up with that, you'll eventually find the place
2: where you belong.
1: Um,
2: hopefully. And And if you're good at it, you'll get there. Yeah. It's not going to be, you're not going to, you can't live on Mm -hmm. the grades that you got in high school. That's not going to get you anywhere. No, because nobody, nobody gives a shit. Once
1: you get accepted to college, they don't ever, that never gets brought up again. Like, um, we, uh, Tristan, Andrea's son, found out this week that he got accepted Uh, to Humane Machias in their marine biology program, which Mm -hmm. is
2: what he really wanted to
1: do. He still hasn't taken his
2: SATs. Yeah.
1: And he was so fucking... He's been so... I mean, especially because last year they canceled. Is he
2: even going to bother? That's what I
1: said. I'm like... Why bother? Why put yourself through that now? You're in. Yeah. Who cares?
2: No one's ever going to... No one ever once asked me what my SAT scores were again. I don't even know what my SAT score was. Usually the only people
1: who bring those up are the ones that are trying to make themselves feel better.
2: Yeah. I don't even remember what
1: I got. Well, I remember what I got, but... Again, never got me anywhere. I'm, I'm sure it helped maybe with my initial scholarships. Right. But after that, no one cared. Right. I never had a college professor go, you did really well on this paper. You must have done well yeah. on your verbals. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, no one brought that up. And it's, again, it's like, it's something we've tried, I tried to instill in Connor. It was like, yeah, it's good to do well. Yes. In high school. You don't want to do poorly. You don't want to do
2: poorly. But it also doesn't matter.
1: If anything, what's more important, and again, I did really well in high school, but I had shit study habits. Yeah. It would have been much better for me to j- develop those habits
3: mm-hmm.
1: before I got to college, because that made those first that first year of college fucking rough. When oh, I'm like, yeah, 100%. Oh, when I am like, oh shit, I have to study, and I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to manage my time well, because I was able to write papers yes. the night before they were due, and then pass them into Mrs. Maury and get an A
2: we both did the bare minimum that still allowed us to not have disappointing grades yeah exactly that's what i did and i those you're right cuz those my lack of study habits still haunts me today oh yeah like i did, just I did, in the class that i took <laughs> last year i was like this sucks.
1: i i didn't really learn those until i went back when i was 35 mm. because oh i got awesome grades because i, I s- had to because I had, time I had a full-time fucking job, yep. so my time was very limited. So it's like, it I also, need to make sure I study between these hours or I don't get to do it.
2: You get mad at your former self because oh, fuck yeah. The my last year of my most recent college, uh, I had a full senior level class load at main Business School. I was working full-time at the base. And I had a one-year-old child. Mm-hmm. And lived in Belfast, worked in Bangor, went to school in Orono. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got way better grades than I did my freshman year at Farmington when I had literally no other responsibilities. No, but all I
1: had to do was work four hours a week at the library. I
2: didn't even have to do that, Dan. <laughs> I had no other responsibilities whatsoever Yeah. yeah. my that freshman was, year. That was
1: my one responsibility, and I didn't really have to. I just worked at the library for drinking money. Yeah. That's what I was going to buy CDs with and buy some beers. That's the only reason I did that job. And it was very easy. Awful. But Awful. yeah, yeah, again, I had, no, yeah, most of my days, I had nothing to do. I had, I had maybe three hours of classes a day.
2: Maybe. Maybe. And you probably went, and skipped there, one. Easily. <laughs> skipped one a day. Oh, yeah. um,
1: Yeah. And my grades were terrible. Yep. Because I didn't Mine know, too. I didn't know how to make the most of my study time.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: So and whenever- when you don't,
2: when you don't, the, and the biggest thing is not showing up. When you don't have to go, yeah, you won't. Oh yeah, no, you, you have get. to. You have to. Learn as soon that, as you learn, learn that your
1: professor's just pretty much reading the textbook out loud in class,
2: and they also that that's the other thing. In high school, they're gonna get on you about stuff. Your college professors don't give a fuck nope. if you're there or not, nope. and they shouldn't. But. No. They don't, like, my, <laughs> I, I
1: still remember, my my, my fr, uh, freshman semester uh, chemistry class had 800 people in it. Yeah. That professor could not have ever picked me out of the lineup. No. Ever. Because, again, I was one of 800 people. To him, I wasn't even a number, because even... his TAs took care of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. He was there to lecture once in a while, not yeah. even every week. He'd show up, like, once a month to do the lecture.
2: Yeah, your your intro chem class was just something he had to do contractually, but it had, that's not he did not consider that his job. Oh God, no! That was not part of his actual reason for having nope, his job.
1: Nope, and he let it show.
2: The uh, unless you have anything else, the last thing I had written down that we should mention is there were there was casting news from the uh, upcoming hopeful video game adaptations of things. Yes, yes the last, uh, of, last us. of us got there. Joel and Ellie, and Borderlands has. Um, mm-hmm. Starting to put together an impressive cast. Yeah. Uh, Borderlands will start with the, the the less exciting one, I guess. Borderlands, uh, Jack Black is going to be the voice of Claptrap, which
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, okay, okay, fine, sure, uh, that'll work. Kate Blanchett is going to be Lilith, which is might be too much for me. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm that's uh, terrific casting. Uh, there was one other one too for Borderlands, and I can't remember who it is that got cast. Also, um, but the big news, I guess, is is Last of Us, and they just HBO, got Joel and Ellie. HBO just kind of pulled some Game of Thrones people, and yep, we've got uh, Pedro Pascal is going to be Joel, which is makes total sense, mm-hmm. and Bella Ramsey will be uh, Ellie, which I'm really glad because. I, I hate the fan casting stuff and it's so horrible in video games. People wanting actors that are in their fucking thirties yeah. to oh. play this 14 year old.
1: Yeah. You've got a 14 year old girl.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I, She was, re- she was the best
1: thing about the last season of game of Thrones mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, So I have every
2: reason to believe she'll be good. Mm-hmm. We know
1: Pas- Pedro Pascal can be good.
2: Yep. So he's good in everything. Yeah. He looks the part. They both look the part, mm-hmm. uh, which is which I didn't really care about. I'm not as hung up on that as mm-hmm. most video most video game people. They need them to be the exact fucking replica yeah. of what was rendered on the game that they love. Yeah, I don't care about that. I just need a dude who looks like he's been kicked by life. Yeah, it
1: doesn't really
2: matter. Yeah, and a, a, a
1: young girl who has been kind of sheltered from
3: this for the most
1: part. Yeah,
2: I. It was more important to me that they be of. Close to the right age, uh, which they both are.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I didn't care so much about whether or not they looked close enough like the characters yeah. in the games. Me
1: either.
2: Because um, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Uh, that said, I guess the... Uh, that, you know, I go back to the Tom Holland thing where he doesn't look anything like Nathan Drake. But once yeah. he gets all the stuff on, he
1: kind of does. Yeah. He, he's going to do <laughs> When well. he has
2: the Nathan Drake hair and the... Yeah. The, the, the jeans and the half tuck (laughs) He looks a lot like him. Um, I'm starting to have some hope for that, that the Uncharted movie might be good. I think it'll be good. It'll probably be fine. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be a three and a half. I could see that. Yeah. It would probably might even get a four just for the, uh,
1: fact that it finally fucking
2: happened. Yeah. The fact that it's a beloved franchise. Um, but like if it was just taken on its own, it would probably be a, a solid three and a half type movie. Um, that's all I had. Yeah. That's all I, I actually, like it. I actually wrote a, I have a show doc this week nice. because I knew we had watched so many things. Uh, so we'll watch what we, uh, discussed. I don't, we won't rehash all the stuff we said we were going to watch, but, uh, I'll definitely watch. I'll say, say that I won't. The Handmaiden, I really want to watch that. That is very, Mm -hmm. that's, that is tops on my list, and I'll try to watch um, Judas and the Black Messiah. What was the rewatch one that we both agreed to? Oh, we'll, we'll try to do the Superman thing. I think I, I do, there's a legit chance I will uh, get Robin to rewatch Man of Steel, just, just on the Michael Shannon thing alone, Mm -hmm. to say we've got to complete some sort of, you know, Shannonathon. We've got it going, so why stop now? Other than that, do you have anything else? No, I'm good to go. All right, well, well, this was two hours and 20 minutes. That's long. But there was a lot to cover. Yeah. All right, next week.